0: and welcome back to real talk sports with rico i'll be your host today we actually have our special guest join us again here it is pete the sports guru who is back and we have had quite a weekend here in sports here so um, i'll go ahead and let uh, pete the sports guru introduce himself so pete welcome to the show again
1: uh thank you once again happy to be here you know and like i said i've just been a just a sports fanatic since I was three, you know, (laughs) since I knew what sports was. So uh, yeah, that's, you know, that's basically my story. Just, you know, I just love talking sports when anybody wants to listen, you know, I'll argue, you know, (laughs) go back and forth, do you know, and that, that's what the show is about for sure we definitely <laughs> want to go ahead and make some
0: stuff and, and you know if you caught that first show here we talked to exclusively here about what we thought was going to happen into the playoffs and things like that so I think as the fans out there you guys are, are in for a very good show here today And so the first topic is definitely has to be the NFL here and let us jump into the Two games here that took place here in the divisional round. And uh, let's go ahead and start off with the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Tennessee Titans here. Mm. This was a barn burner that went down to the very end, 19 to 16 with the Bengals here winning this football game. And uh, quite a day here. Joe Burrow, 28 of 37, 348 and an INT here um, is able to go ahead and get the Bengals to a win here. And the funny thing about this is the Titans actually made history by setting the most sacks in the first half with five, and then they finished with nine here. So I tell you what, Pete, I I thought there was a chance the Bengals could possibly do this here, and they got it done despite the Titans winning all these games. They get King Henry back. Can you make some sense of this? What happened here
1: today? Uh, What happened was the defenses. The defense is just, you know, just, just steady, you know, I mean, there were, there were a couple of mistakes. Mm -hmm. I I would say there were uh, a couple of mistakes Kenny Hill made, especially, uh, especially that last play with 20 seconds to go, Mm -hmm. you know, you're trying to force a pass there you know, and the one thing i talked about was, you know, I I don't think, you know, his arm is all that strong, you know, he tried to make one of those Aaron Rodgers type passes at the end and it bit him in the back and. You see what happened. You know, Cincinnati went in, uh, you know, went in and got a play and uh, got the field goal. But uh, that, I, I felt like, I felt like that was, that was one of the biggest mistakes, like in the, in the fourth quarter, because basically you're at home. Mm-hmm. If you, if you know, it's third down, you don't, you don't see that you got the, you know, you don't, you don't have the passing lane, throw the ball out of bounds or take the sack or whatever. You still got overtime. You're at home. You know, you got a good, you got a good chance. I mean, even though both teams played pretty even, uh, uh, most of the game, but I, I would say it was just, you know, n- neither offense could really get comfortable, you know, it was just, it was just back and forth, you know, it was a, it was a even game, but I, I, I really give it all, you know, mostly to the defense, you know, it's, except for, you know, Jamar Chase, he had a, a, pretty decent game. He and AJ Brown, you know, they, they both, both, both receivers played well, right. You know, but, uh. Bars just, uh, yeah. It was just, it was just a great game all around. I can't really make sense. It's just that only sense I can make is, is you know, I, I would just say, you know, both both defenses played well, even though, even though you had those two uh, receivers for, you know, you had receivers for respective teams uh, having big games.
0: You know, this was, and I, I think you hit on a great point there too as well. You know, just to back up and unpack that. First of all, with Ryan Tannehill, it's important to to note here that he actually threw an interception to start the game and he throws Mm -hmm. an interception to finish the game. So how fitting is that Mm -hmm. that he throws the interception to start and then throws the interception to finish. So three interceptions on the day to the one from Joe Barrow here. And you've heard that old saying that if you turn the football over in the NFL, nothing good comes out of that. And I felt like the Titans in this one, you know, it's crazy because you talked about A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, to me, probably had, I think, one of the best games of the season for him, you know, because it's been Mm -hmm. up and down with the injuries. And we had talked about how they were still winning football games and they could not, they really couldn't get into character, you know, from the wide receiver standpoint, you know, with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. And looking at the stat sheet, A.J. Brown, five for 142 in a touchdown, made that spectacular catch. I think it was in in the fourth quarter when he made that one-hand catch where Ryan Tannehill put the ball only where A.J. Brown could find it, and that was just Mm -hmm. spectacular. And then Julio Jones here, six receptions for 62 yards, might have been his best game of the day, and they still lose – and I think mainly because of the turnovers, you know, you, you talked about the defense here and we talked about it at the top. I mean, with nine sacks in a game that screams to me that your front seven is getting home. That screams to me that your back end is playing terrific because they forced Joe Burrow to hold on to the football. And I know Joe Burrow threw for 348 yards, but it was a tough 348. You know, so, it, I mean, I know Joe was cool and everything like that, but. Yeah, like you said, I just think that the Titans did everything that they possibly could, but they kind of shot themselves in the foot with the turnovers, right? Mm -hmm. And then going back to the, the point with Jamar Chase, I've apologized several times on this show here. Look, he struggled in the preseason with drops. He comes out in these last two playoff games, and we'll talk about that with what he did last week with the Raiders, but with Stellar, five receptions, 109 yards here. I mean, he was outstanding. I mean, he's like Debo Samuels Jr. out there. And I mean, I know we're, we're always in comparison mode here, but it, it's interesting to me. It's like, you know what's coming, but you can't stop it. And that, that's what's been incredible here with the Bengals and their run. And they really haven't got a whole bunch on the ground. They actually got rushed here by the Titans, and they still find a way to win the football game.
2: Yeah.
1: And another thing, you know, and I, I understand this, uh, I understand that, you know, that King Henry is the guy, mm-hmm. he's just coming back, but I thought, I thought Deontay Foreman was doing pretty well. I mean, I, I thought that he was, uh, I thought he should have gotten more touches, you know? I think they should have really balanced it out more, you know? If you see that uh, Derrick Henry had 20 rushes for like 62 yards, um, yep. you know, that's modest for his standards, you know? Uh yeah, I, I thought Deontay Foreman should have should have gotten a few more touches, you know. But I, I, I understand where Tennessee was thinking. You know, you, you know, you got your robot back. This is, this is your workhorse, right? But but Deontay could have gotten a few more uh, carries also. So who knows how that would have uh, turned out?
0: I'm, I'm uh, with you a thousand percent here. I'm with you a thousand percent. To me, I think Tennessee here, Deontay Foreman four carries, sixty six yards. He had a forty five yard wow. rush here. He had mm-hmm. the fresh legs coming into this thing. I mean, he essentially, mm-hmm. i to me personally, I think he carried the Titans running game. Why do you have him on the bench here? It, right. You know, it, it, it just, it's mind boggling, Pete, because I start to think right. about what we talked about with the Cowboys here, and we didn't get a chance to talk about that last week. They never let Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard get started. And it's almost like this is a situation here where it's like, you just said it. Derrick Henry, I know is your guy, right? I think that they did what they were supposed to do. They unleashed him and they got him as carries. And it was like this whole thing of like, okay, are they gonna be intimidated here because he's there? And he got some yardages there and everything else, but he got stopped on a critical fourth down. He got stopped on a two point conversion there. And these are things that I think that Derrick Henry. This normally doesn't happen to Derrick Henry, and I think it has right. to do with just the layoff. To me personally, yes, yes, he scored the touchdown, but Deontay Foreman outrushed him today, and he only had he four carries. You got to
1: get four to carries. Win. You got to. You got to, You got to go with what wins. I mean, can't worry about egos and stuff like that. And you know, you got to, You got to go with what what's winning, what's working. You know, it's the That's playoffs. Right. There's there's no tomorrow. There's no next week. There's no week. 16 17. This is it, and, absolutely. And, um, you know, and uh, another thing I wanted to point out when they went for the uh, what was that the, did they go for the uh, two point conversion? Yeah, they went at, for the at one point, yeah, and it didn't work. And it was like, uh, you didn't have to go for the two point conversion that early, you know, just you know, get the lead, you know. And I think that kind of changed a little bit, complexion of the game a little bit too, even though it was early, you know, it's the first, it's the you know, uh it's the first half. Mm-hmm. But you know, little things like that. Little things like that can make you, you know, make you think, you know. So uh, I, I think
0: one hundred percent changes the game, you know. Yeah. Because yeah, so. at, at that point, if they kick the the extra point, they're up 7-6. But they elected to go for the two-point conversion, made it 6-6. Six, yeah. six, and at that time, mm. the Bengals were only kicking field goals. All right? So right. It, it wasn't like they were scoring touchdowns. And I think, right. to me, it's something emotional that comes with leading mm. a football game. I don't know. You know, if you're ever out there in Pop Warner or if you're playing and you have the lead, I think that there's a certain level of energy and confidence that comes with that. And I think when the two-point conversion failed, I think the bingo said, okay, we're still in this thing. You know, like we can still, we can still hang in this thing, even though we haven't been here before, like we're in uncharted mm-hmm. territory, but we're on the road, but I think we can make this thing happen. And I think that right. that's kind of what happened at that, that uh, two-point conversion conjunction there.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. And uh yeah, it was just uh yeah, it was mind-boggling when I saw that. But other than that, I mean, it was a it was a, it was a, it was a pretty even game, you know. Um, you know, Cincinnati just made that big play, that big play at the end, you know, which I which I put mostly on Tannehill for trying to force that pass and you know trying to do one of those Aaron Rodgers throws and and it bit him in the back. It just bit him right there.
0: And so, you know? with that being said, and Ryan Tannehill, and we'll bring up this last point about this game. Do you feel like now, after it being a couple seasons, is it time to probably look forward from Ryan Canahill? Is it time to really go out there in the free agent market here and find another guy? I mean, I know he's come over from Miami, and really he's revamped his career, but is it time to go get somebody else now at this point in time with these weapons? Um, You know, is the window still open for Tennessee at this point? And, and to, to really break through here and really go a place that they haven't gone since, what, 2000 with the, the Music City Miracle, do they have to go out right. and find a quarterback?
1: You know, um, oh, man, that's, that's like a gift and a curse because, I mean, they – they they've gotten they they gotten pretty far with Tannehill, but I I I'll say it's the defense and I'll say it's the running game also, uh-huh. you know. Uh, if if I were general manager, I would I would look in I I would look into it I would look into it because you have too many weapons, you know to to just be throwing 15, 24, 20, 20 yards, three touch you know three three interceptions, one touchdown. He's kind of you know he's 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 a uh, Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he was ineffective in a, in a, in a lot of points, you know, uh, third down conversions, uh, things like that. And then he's trying to make these certain passes. Like when he stays within himself, yeah, they're they're steady. But then, you know, there's those lapses where he feels like, Oh, I can make this throw or, you know, I can, you know, and he's not that type of quarterback, not to me. So I I would explore it. You definitely, I I definitely would explore. I definitely will explore another quarterback, you
0: know, and I agree with you there I think in the offseason I, I mean we talked about it before we said that hey he's one of the ultimate game managers in the NFL I think the issue here with him is that you would probably want him to be able to maybe run the football a little bit better once plays kind of break down and then also too if it, it, we talked about him wanting to to kind of When he throws the ball down the field and kind of forces it, it, it's bad. But it's sometimes he doesn't push the ball down the field as much as you'd want to. And Mm -hmm. it always mainly has to be off the play action, like, and not, you know, try to knock him or anything like that. But you look at like Joe Burrow, right? Joe Burrow doesn't need a lot of play action to carve you up, right? Because Joe Burrow is that good. Like, he's that guy. He can get into his bag. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's reaching for the last fries in the bag, and he can go to work on you. Tannehill's not that guy. He needs to to kind of be schemed into a great passing game.
1: Right, right. And that's the thing with Tennessee. Once the running game is, is going, they kind of wear you down. It's like, there's really nothing you can do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But today just wasn't it, you know? And, and they still almost had a chance to win the game, you know, until the, you know, the, the mistakes down the stretch. Yeah. You know, so... So I mean, even 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 with that, I mean, I'm not you know he's not a bad quarterback, but I, I you know if, if I was Tennessee, I I, I would definitely explore at, you know at least at least some type of some type of backup, at least a great backup mm-hmm. in case you know this uh, this season to the to the next into next season, you know these problems that came up and and um and I can give him a lot of credit. I mean, they were the number one team, you know, number one team coming in. I mean, I they had a great season, you know, and he managed games the way he was supposed to when, when Henry was uh, when Henry was healthy. But just, you know, these uh, these late mistakes, I don't know. Yeah,
0: I totally agree with you there. And a shift in focus here, let's move into another great football game here. And I don't know if it was just not the number one seeds day or what the case may be, but the 49ers come in here to Lambeau Field. In a wet, cold environment, and went 13 to 10 in this one. Aaron Rodgers 20 of 29, 225 here in this one. And on the other side of this thing, Jimmy Garoppolo only 11 of 19, 131 yards. They had a negative 14 passing yards at one point in time, and all they do is come into Lambeau Field and upset the Packers here. This was a crazy one here tell me you can make some sense of this one what were your thoughts here on this game
1: oh definitely this was this was the game of the day This game of the night because uh both defenses came to play both defenses this beautifully played game you know I got to give it to San Francisco because early when when uh when Green Bay scored you know and they scored on that drive pretty easily you know it wasn't a struggle I was like okay I'm thinking, okay, it's gonna be a runaway, but then. Yeah, it looked like
0: they were gonna run away. Yeah,
1: yeah, but then Aaron Rodgers, you know, a few of those passes, and it's not on Aaron Rodgers. Guys dropped some easy passes. They dropped, they yeah. dropped some easy passes to keep some drives going. It, it was a few drives I saw where it was like, okay, you should have caught that pass, or you know, it, it was a, it was a few drop passes that kind of took uh, Green Bay off balance.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know?
1: And then once San Francisco kind of figured it out, kind of, kind of, you know, you know how they do, you know, they, sometimes they can start off slow, but once that defense gets going, you know, they, they're pretty tough. Yeah, they know, muck and, up the uh, game. That's what they, they do. do. They
0: like muck it up and just make
1: it ugly for they you. They do. You know. and, and it's by a committee. And, you, and of course you got your big star, Bowser. Yeah. Also, you know, was doing this thing, but you know, you had that big front. I mean, they were, they were giving Aaron Rodgers problems, you know, mm-hmm. He's was giving them problems all day. You know making it uncomfortable. They just, you know, it's just like they couldn't get comfortable. You know, five sacks. So they they were doing their thing, you know. And on the other side, you know, Green Bay, their defense was was great today. You know, like you said, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, he didn't really do too much. You know, it was just he's more like a game manager today. So it's really all on the defense. And you know, and when and then when that uh special teams made that big play, you know, and you know winning for the when Willis winning in for the touchdown. Yeah. That's that's when I saw that's when I saw the life go out of Green Bay because I felt like I felt like nobody was getting in the end zone on offense. Nobody's right. offense was gonna drive them into the end zone. That yeah. seven, you know, that touchdown was like a was really like a was really like a 14-point lead to Green Bay, you know? Mm-hmm. And because they it, you could just tell, you know, it just it just seemed like San Francisco, you know, I mean they make plays here and there with their offense, but the most they were gonna get is maybe a field goal. Mm-hmm. On the, you know, you know the way the way the offense was going. So when the special teams made that play and they tied the game, it seemed like it took some out of Green Bay for something. It just seemed like they just really just it's like it's like a downer. It's as if it's right. as if they were it's as if they were losing, even though the game was tied. You know what I'm saying? It just it kind of felt like that.
0: And, and so and and see before that play too, where they got into the situation where they got backed up like that, and then the punt you know the spectacular punt block. It, it, it was crazy to me because I felt like when Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay drove down to make it 10-3, I almost started to think about when they played the Buccaneers last year. And I was like, I don't know if that's a good thing. I, I think they needed to score a touchdown. There. Something told me that it was like, oh man, they didn't score a touchdown. You know, they just kicked the field goal and it was 10-3. And I was like, even though San Francisco's playing not well, I was like, I I don't know if I like that, you know? And it was kind of like one of those things where yes, Devontae Adams had nine receptions for 90 yards, but he really got punished out there. I mean, it was a lot of times where he would look up in routes and instead of him breaking off these huge runs and stuff like that after catch, they really stopped the yak yardage there or rack yardage, Mm -hmm. excuse me, uh, run after catch. And then you look at Aaron Jones there, I'm surprised he actually led the receiving core with the nine receptions for 129 yards. They didn't get anything from Rob Tanyans. They didn't get anything from Alan Lizard here. And you talked about the defenses here. Respectively, San Francisco had five sacks in this one. And Jimmy Garoppolo Mm -hmm. was sacked four times here. And Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers and these guys, they had five sacks for 29 yards. And the difference here is just a couple more yards here that that San Francisco yeah. got here with the only 25, you know? And so I think that that might've been even the difference there. It's just that little bit of a field position, you know, that that maybe got flipped defensively or just right. the fact that, like you said, when that punt was blocked, it did seem like old man momentum, who is a, a very fecal, or fecal individual, went over to the other sideline and said, hey, I'm with you. And it just seemed like San Francisco's mm-hmm. switch just went off and all of a sudden they were like, we can get this thing done, you know, on the road, Yeah, you know, we're not favored here. We're not playing great, but we can get this thing done. And right. you, you have got to talk about Debo Samuels and that effort there. I mean, I think he might've made one of the most, maybe the best individual run in the postseason thus far, when he got that seven to eight yards really to set up um that the game winning field goal to me, I thought, They have really kept him in wraps. He only had 44 yards and three receptions here. And he only had 10 carries for 39 yards. But those last seven, that might have been one of the best runs that I've ever seen right
1: there, um, thus far in the postseason at this point. I I definitely agree with you on that. And when he made that run, because I thought he was hurt. I thought he was, because he was, I mean, the guy was getting hit, limping, but he just, you know, and he didn't really do too much. He didn't really do too much rushing, but that, that one play just erased all the bad or whatever, or whatever you can say. Because like I said, both both defenses played phenomenal, mm-hmm. and on that third, you know, I mean, that was gutsy for San Francisco to just run that running play, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, because I mean, and that's the and and just going back to the first game we were talking about, that's the that's that's really how smart you can you can, like, far as the coaching staff or 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 just just far as uh Thinking, yeah. Like, okay, I mean, we're going to run the ball. So if we don't get the first down, the clock's going to run out. We can, you know, mm-hmm. overtime, right? Don't mm-hmm. do nothing stupid. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, with Tennessee, they throw a pass with, you know, 20-something seconds to go. And they were you know, driving, that, too. That, that wasn't. And they were driving, but it wasn't there. Yeah. You know, you try to force it. You see, San Francisco's like, okay, we need seven, eight yards. We're just going to run it. We're uh, going to give it to D and run it. If he don't make it, he don't. You know, I mean, if he don't make the yardage, he don't. We got a great kicker. Yeah, smart. You know, and that was a phenomenal run. That was that was a phenomenal run that he did. You know, and it got up limping, but you know, <laughs> he still made it. It's just like yeah, you know, man, he's like the he's like the Tasmanian devil or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> that is a great
0: analogy, man, because that is exactly what he is. Because when you look at D.B.O. Samuels. He's not really big, and they had made, like, a comparison to him and A.J. Brown. It's like, they're not very big in stature, but they play a lot bigger than what they are, and when you hit them, it is like a spin cycle in there. I mean, it yeah. was like, on that play, it was like four or five guys that it took him to get him down. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I I, understand why he has the limp off after that. I mean, he's carrying five guys to the first down marker, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. You, you know, I have to take my hat off to George Kittle, you know it's like you know what's coming right it's like if you're playing basketball against somebody and it's like you know what their game is but you still can't mm-hmm. stop it I call it like the Why? The right. <laughs> that's right. what George Kittle was it's like you know that San Francisco wants to get the ball into his hand and for the most mm-hmm. part they stopped him but when they really needed something big he had some huge huge chunk plays that got him down there and I thought that was a great job too for Jimmy just sticking in there and really getting it to his, his playmakers really wouldn't count it.
1: He did, he made some big plays. Uh, George Kittle, yeah, he's like that. He's like that guy's like, okay, we know what he's gonna do. What are we gonna do to at least sustain him? Or, you know, like like what are we gonna do to, to minimize <laughs> the damage that's gonna happen? Because, right, it's like
0: Travis Kelsey, you know what's coming. You know what's coming. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and Kittle made some big catches, some big catches for San Francisco. He did. He kept them, He kept some. He kept some things going, and you know, especially that drive that uh, San Francisco had to, uh, you know, to get the winning field goal. So, yeah, definitely. But I, but this was a great game, though. This was a great game. You hate to see somebody lose. You know, I mean, I don't root for either team, but it's it's yeah. you, you feel. You know, you're looking at Aaron Rodgers, and he's just like you know, how many times am I going to go through this? Yeah. You know, I mean, every every other year, we're right there. I thought they we were going to be in the
0: Super Bowl this year. I really did. Yeah. I thought it was like, yeah.
1: Can't. yeah, and I thought, because they were the most consistent. The right. most, and and when they lost, I'm like, all oh, that work. Yeah. All that work, like oh, You know, man. just like it's going down the drain, like you work for this, you're at home, and now you're out by a team that just that's hot. You know, they got everything together, and that's the thing. You know, these Sometimes that's what happens in sports, you know, you get these teams, they, they find something and it works and they get hot and they can, you know, you can ride all the way to the championship, you know, Mm -hmm. because, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just a, just a great, just a great game, just a great game, you know, not a lot of offense, but just, you know, you, you respect the defense that was played. You respect the stops, you respect the the grittiness, you know, and, uh. It
0: it, it felt like basically it's a game that you love to be a part of, but you hate to lose. And I'll say that about Mm -hmm. both games today. You know, I think that that's what the underlining, the underlining theme was to me is that it was that, you know, you you love Mm -hmm. to play in these things. You hate to lose them. You know, it's almost Mm -hmm. like when you're out back and you're playing in that turkey bowl or you're, you know, playing two-hand touch or downy man out there and Mm -hmm. it's coming down to the wire and you guys have played hard. But somebody has to lose. It's unfortunate in this one. Um,
1: it's, it's it's unfortunate, well, you, know. you know. It's unfortunate, you know. And it's because I mean, you look at Green Bay. They got everything. You got mm-hmm. everything. You know yeah. everything. You know you got weapons on offense. You know you have a great defense. You know great coaching staff. You know. Uh, yeah. But I, yeah, so it's it's. it's it's, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking, but that's, you know, that's sports. You take the good and bad, right?
0: Yeah, that's the NFL, and that's why they play the game here. <laughs> and that leads yeah. me to, we have two burning questions on this particular game here, and I'll start on the Green Bay side here. There's a lot of noise here with this Aaron Rodgers situation. I mean, you've heard that he's, you know, fallen out with coach Matt LaFleur before I think last year when they should have went for it against the Bucs and and at least giving themselves a chance and not put Brady on the field Mm -hmm. this year. I don't think it was necessarily that. I mean, I think it was just misfortune. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that it was a situation where you thought that Green Bay would be able to score a lot more points considering that it was their field, their weather, everything else. But is this the last year for Aaron Rodgers? Is this it? Has the window closed for the Packers? Do you see him in a Green Bay uniform with all the noise here next season?
1: Uh, as of right now, I, I still see him as a as a Packer. And I don't think the window's closed. You know, I mean, look at what they did. You know, you're going to come back. I mean, unless Aaron Rodgers is there, you know, you you basically going to have the same team intact. It's just... Uh, just the just the, just the decisions down, you know, just the mistakes that was made, you know, and as it, you know, if it wasn't for the special teams snafu, who knows? Well, mm-hmm. We be talking about Green Bay, you know, waiting on who's going to win out of the Rams and Tampa Bay, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, far as far as that, I, my gut feeling tells me he's going to still be a Packer.
0: I mean, because this is huge. Because if he leaves, I mean, there's there's reports here that Devontae Adams would be on the move as well. I've even heard that it's possible that he could end up as a Raider. Okay, because he is from out here in California. It's possible he could make that move. Um wow. yeah, so I mean, he he could make it there, he could make it to the 49ers. I'm just saying, I'm kind of throwing this right. out there that wow. Devontae Adams is a free agent as well, and he has already mm-hmm. kind of made it a situation like, hey, we are a package deal here. So mm-hmm. <laughs> without Aaron Rodgers, there may not be a Devontae Adams. And that's what I'm saying. Like, they've already renegotiated the contract here. They went out and got Jordan Love. Jordan Love had to start due to the fact that Aaron Rodgers had the COVID situation here and that controversy. That's another topic in itself. But to me, Pete, I thought that Jordan Love showed me he's not ready. I don't think he's the guy. He's not your franchise guy. And I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But it didn't look like he was the guy. And he had a smash mouth matchup against the Chiefs who have a leaky defense and he couldn't get it done. So I don't know, that's that's what I'm saying. That's my thoughts. I I really don't know if Aaron Rodgers is coming back. Like I I just got this thing where it's like, is he still pissed because they drafted a quarterback instead of going out here and getting some more offensive weapons? Mm -hmm.
1: Well, oh, that's, that's, you know, I mean, anything can happen. Because we need right. to be sitting here talking, and then, you know, a couple of months from now, I'll be like, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers is a Raider now, or Aaron Rodgers went to Pittsburgh. Because, you know, that was a rumor. I don't know if you heard that rumor. No, it's you know, true. It's true for uh, there. Yeah, Ro- burger's out. You got right. a guy. You know, Aaron Rodgers, cold-weather city. He's used to it. Big, right. you know, guy that's big. But the thing is, he's mobile. You yes. know, that they got those weapons over. Hey.
0: Knows? That's what Mike Tomlin wants. He wants a mobile quarterback, and I think Aaron Rodgers is that answer. Yeah. I personally have seen Dwayne Hackens play with Washington. I, I I hope that I'm wrong, but I don't think he's your guy. If you can get a guy like Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, it screams right. to me. Peyton Manning when he came over to Denver, it screams mm-hmm. to me. Tom Brady when he comes to the box.
1: That this right.
0: my personal opinion.
1: Right. I, I I would say on the surface right now, I I, I still see. I still see him as as the starting quarterback for Green Bay okay right now I mean I understand he just lost this game and it's just every you know you know how it is it's it's a loss and
0: it's tough
1: stuff is going through your head you know yeah. what ifs and and this happened and right. yeah so yeah that, that, I, I, I would say I would say he's he's still a packer next
0: season. okay, he's still a packer all right well, then let's shift focus here and the last question out of this thing is look jimmy garoppolo okay before the season it's no secret here they drafted trey lance a lot of people expected trey lance to be the starting quarterback and jimmy garoppolo was going to be riding off in the sunset somewhere else right Mm -hmm. coach shanahan says no jimmy garoppolo is still very much part of our plans but it's like you invited somebody else to the dance with Trey Lance here, right? So the awkwardness was there. He had to start some games because Jimmy was obviously banged up here. But all Jimmy Garoppolo has done is take this team on the road twice now and now put them within one game, just one of the Super Bowl here. What does this say with Jimmy Garoppolo? Because I think his contract is either running down you already have Trey Lance on the roster here. Is this even with his play? Is this it for Jimmy Garoppolo? Is he pretty much auditioning himself for a huge contract for another team? You know, because I've I've heard you know the Eagles had said that they were looking for somebody. They said that hey, you know Jalen Hurts is our guy now. Um, you know, I, I've kind of mentioned we mentioned just now the great situation here with Pittsburgh there's rumbling that Miami might be looking for quarterbacks as well. Um, I mean, there's so many different teams that feel like they're just a quarterback away. Um, You know, the Panthers, I know that they think that they're a quarterback away and, you know, just other teams out there is Jimmy Garoppolo a 49er.
1: Now that one, I'm not sure. Yeah. Because that thing, that thing, every, that thing changes every week. Mm -hmm. Because When he's winning, they love him right but you know when, when he's hurt or the team oh jimmy robert you got to get rid of him he's not the guy right right so that that thing changes it's, it's 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 a teeter-totter with that one i i really can't answer that one i don't i don't know on that one that's a question mark for me with, with uh jimmy Garoppolo. is he a you franchise know,
0: quarterback do you think you can is he i mean because he helped change the culture i mean is he a franchise guy <sighs>
2: Uh, I, I don't look at him as
1: a franchise. So I, I look at him as a good starting quarterback. Mm. But I don't know if he's a guy you can build around. I mean, because if you look at it with San Francisco, yep. it's, it's really that that great defense
2: that's,
1: that's been carrying him, you know. And, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you got some timely things that's been happening with the offense, especially with Samuel Kittle, you know. And even Mitchell, you know, made a, uh, you know, he makes a few plays here and there. Uh, yeah, Elijah. Yeah, he's been good. So, yeah, that's that's a question mark to me. You know, I would bring him back. I mean, as you know, as of right now, because I don't think Trey Lance is ready yet. You know, it's, and especially you know, you want went away from the Super Bowl, so that right. that stands for something, right?
0: Right, right. And, know, even, and, even,
1: even though I feel like the defense is the, the biggest, the big staple, but Jimmy right. Garoppolo has, you know, he made plays when he had to, put it that way. Because he's, because I, I feel like, I feel like he's kind of a sub game manager also, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, essentially, maybe we can both agree that you got your guys like the Joe Burrows, your uh, uh, Justin Huberts, guys like that, that can pretty much, You don't need a necessarily scheme for them. Like they can just kind of, they make stuff happen, right? Like they can get in their bag, like the running game could be terrible, all that stuff like that. And they make it happen. You know, defense Mm -hmm. can be leaky, all that stuff like that. I put that into Mm -hmm. like the Patrick Mahomes, uh, the Josh Allens out there, you know, guys that's like, they don't care if the defense is playing well or not. They're still going to make it happen. You know, same with Mm -hmm. Tom Brady, those guys like that. To me, it seems like with Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe it is something where he has to have more moving pieces around him. Um, You think about Mike Shanahan, or I keep calling him Mike Shanahan. Mike Shanahan was his dad. Cal Shanahan is the coach now for the 49ers, but they lean heavy on the running game, right? Somebody had mentioned something about how Mike Shanahan used um, Terrell Davis back in the day, and maybe a lot of our fans don't know who Terrell Davis is, undrafted. All he was was a Hall of Fame running back for Denver, helped them win two titles, right? You talked about Elijah Mitchell. They've had Jeff Wilson there. They've had uh, Trayvon Coleman there. Uh, they've had Jermichael Hasty. So the 49ers by far to me have had probably some of the best backs over the last eight to 10 years in the NFL. I don't know where they find these guys, but they, they make it happen, right? So anytime you have these kind of elite runners back there, obviously you put a lot of pressure on the front seven to kind of creep up here. And I think that that's where you get kid on those guys slipping right there behind them on those quick slants and things like that, because they still run a lot of the West Coast offense scheme where it's like a lot of the one, two, three, get rid of the ball, you know, because Jimmy Garoppolo is not the type of guy that holds on to the ball a lot. Um, so that would be the, the thing I would say as a franchise, is kind of like, all right, do we have enough pieces to kind of custom this thing towards him like could I see him go over to Washington and give them like seven to to ten wins I I don't know you know that that's a tough situation and that's what a franchise quarterback would be to me it's like somebody that instantly comes in and your franchise just gets instantly better like that you know that's my opinion so right I don't know he's kind of like in the Kirk Cousins range and then not to take anything away from Jimmy or Kirk Cousins they're great quarterbacks but they have to have certain things around them, I think, to be successful. And maybe Jimmy can prove us wrong. Maybe he has to get into one of those situations and show that he is a true gunslinger and he can make it happen. But um, I, I'm kind of on that questionable tag with you as well. Yeah, yeah it's just,
1: yeah, it's, it's, it's 50-50 with me with this. Because like I said, it, it changes. It changes from week to week with, with, with them and the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. Mm-hmm. You, know, you you want to get rid of them, but then you go on a little streak, and it's like, hey, you know, be the guy. You know, this is our guy. So it's it's back and forth with that thing. So we'll we'll see in the off season, see what happens. Absolutely. You know absolutely we'll definitely
0: see so let's shift focus here i know we got a couple great games here coming up here tomorrow Um, we can give them a a quick preview and kind of what we think here will happen let's start off here with the uh, early game here which is surprising but it's the rams and the buccaneers here i believe the rams won the first one here um at at the yeah at the rams home field here so you have tom brady coming into this thing He has, I believe, the quickest release right now in the playoffs at this point in time. So he's coming in. He doesn't have Antonio Brown. Um, You know, he's down to just a couple receivers now with uh, what's his name, Mike Evans. And then he also has uh, Gronkowski there. And he's possibly getting back Leonard Fournette here. I haven't kind of looked at this injury report to see. He might be carrying a questionable tag, but can tom brady be the goat and continue to keep this thing going or is this another one of those stories that we just saw today where matthew Stafford and company find a way to get themselves into the nfc championship game at home is it possible that the rams pull off the upset here
1: it's 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 possible if the Rams get get the running game going decent. You know, you need to get those guys by committee. Of course, you know you got uh, Michelle and and uh, Acres. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to get those. If, if they can get those guys going, and then and of course the receiving game. And I'll say once again, OBJ is a dark horse, which mm-hmm. he was for the last game. You know, which which I thought if he played well, you know, they could they could win. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's yeah that's, we talked
0: that's, about that. He's he's been incredible. He really has yeah. been. He scored a touchdown last week. I know we didn't get a chance to right. talk about it, but um, yeah, he's been dynamic. He's been dynamic on the other side of Cooper uh, Cub, and I feel like he's actually, to me, he's been better than Van Jefferson. I, I think he's yeah. been more consistent than him.
1: Yeah, I mean, seven seven uh, touchdowns in nine games. I mean, that's pretty good. Right. To not to not really be integrated in the offense as like that yet you know, Mm -hmm. as, uh, as everyone else is, you know? So, um, yeah, I I think they can, I think they're capable of making upset and then there's Stafford Stafford really needs to cut down on the interceptions because, you know, you throwing interceptions against a team like Tampa Bay, you know, in a good, good field position. It's a wrap, you know, and even though Tom Brady, he didn't really have a great game, uh, last week, but you know him, he's, you know, that's a guy, it's 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 really hard, really hard to bet against Tom Brady, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, especially when, you know, the stakes are super high. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think, I think with the Rams, it's just establishing that running game early. Mm-hmm. They, they definitely got to, you know, because uh Stafford's doing 54 times, you know, I don't know, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't think, not, not against, not against Tampa Bay. Even, even with Tampa Bay, with their problems, you know, with the injuries on uh, offense, they still got a pretty good defense.
0: Right. Right. And, and I was going to say, last time the Rams won this thing, 34-24, to and, and we were talking about it, they were at home here. And Stafford got four touchdowns. He got four touchdowns. Right. And we had talked about it before, uh, a couple weeks ago, that Sean McVay and that offense is predicated on the run. We mentioned Todd Gurley, and we mentioned how that system is. It's funny you mentioned Cam Akers. Cam Akers probably had one of his best games, I think, as a pro. Okay, he's shown that he can be that guy. But coming off the blown Achilles, he didn't look good initially. And we knew that you you kind of have a ceiling with Sonny Michelle. But you still got to get him the ball, though. And so <laughs> the two-back system, it can work. But it's, it's like one of those questions is like, are you going to be able to bang down Um, that front seven you know because they got in sue up there uh you know they got some terrific linebacker play as well and the secondary is probably the most vulnerable I think for Tampa Bay but it really doesn't matter because they are able to generate so much pressure on you you know and you're not able to kind of make you one dimensional right Mm -hmm. and so that's like the question mark that I have with this thing is like what defense shows up for tampa bay because i think we know that what tom brady's going to give us but what kind of defense are we going to get you know because they're not going against the eagles this week you know this is going to be i think one of their biggest tests of the year again is going against an explosive offense like this
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's uh it's 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 tough because I feel like I feel like if the Rams don't get that running game going this it's gonna be all bad you know and I understand Stafford did he played well you know it's an early season game you know he played well mm-hmm. you know he threw four touchdowns uh, the last time the two teams met you know and uh and no picks. Brady and, yeah and you know Brady's not gonna have as many weapons but when does that ever stop Brady yeah I mean he's he's one with car salesman before in New England, <laughs> you know, just 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 run the right routes and get and get open, and I'll yeah. find you. Yeah, man. He, he, he <laughs> you take the
0: fans out the out the, yeah. out the out the out the stands and be like, you know, just, just, just run a route, just 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 run five and turn around, and I'll right. be there for you. You know, what I'm right. saying? that's all you have to do. Just run five yards and turn around and there a you. P- <laughs> that's all right. you got to do. <laughs> You know, and yeah. then I'll sign some cliques in a, in a jersey and give it to you after the game. You know, we exactly. we have to pay you and put you on the payroll. You know, that that's exactly. Be like,
1: yeah, I know you was working at Walmart the week before. You know, I understand that. And cool. Here's your jersey. Thank you. You know, for the five catches that you did get for 65 yards. <laughs> you know, because he'll yeah. You know, so it him not having those big time weapons, and you know that's that doesn't stop him. But another key, I think, for the Rams is uh, Von Miller. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to see more out of Von Miller because you know he's he's shown flashes here and there. You know, and but he didn't play it, in game one. He didn't play in that game that
0: they won. He that's well, that's well no, cool no,
1: but but no, no, I'm not referring to the game that he okay. played in. I'm, I'm I'm referring to since he's become a Ram. Yeah, we've seen flashes here and there in the games moving forward. Yeah, Last yeah, he, yeah, of course.
2: It. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I'm I'm thinking, you know, if, if he can get off and, and get some pressure, you know, the Rams be in pretty good shape. But you know, uh, you know, Donald, he's gonna do he's gonna do what he's gonna do. Yeah. You know, you're gonna put two and three people on him. He's gonna he's gonna do what he's gonna do regardless. You know? So uh yeah, th- those are my keys. Him, uh, OBJ. Yeah. And well, but first and foremost, just the running game to set up to set up the 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 passing game. And I understand the secondary is not as you know, as strong with uh with the uh, Tampa Bay, but I, I still feel like the Rams need to put some type of decent running game out there. I mean, it has to be spectacular, but put something, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And and that that kind of reminds me. I think we're talking more so about this whole thing, and and I know we haven't talked about what happened the last week, but with Dallas, you know, and I was so right. upset with them because I said you got to run the football, you know, and it was clear Ezekiel Elliott wasn't. He wasn't healthy, right? Because he had the knee brace on and everything else. But it's like, they still could have used them, you know? And it's like Mm -hmm. one of these things where you have to keep the defense uh, in a situation where they must honor you. You know, you can't get in a situation Mm -hmm. where you're throwing it 55 times. You know, and I kind of go back to the the first matchup with the Buccaneers and Rams here. Tom Brady here threw it 55 times. He was 41 and 55 in this one. Only one touchdown here. But more importantly, he led them in rushing with 14, 14 yards. He had 14 yards and led them in rushing. And so what that screams of is that's what happens when you start to get one dimensional. That's what the Rams cannot do. You know, they were fortunate enough to get 67 from Sony Michelle on this one. Obviously, they've added cam makers. We talked about it. There was no uh, OBJ at the time of this game. And so they, they have them for this one. Um, actually, Deshaun Jackson actually led him in receiving in that game. So pretty incredible. Um, wow. But yeah, so this is this is like to me. OK, like I give I, I, I was I was like, man, I was I was really surprised with how the Rams won against Arizona last week because I was like, man, I didn't think that they were just going to manhandle Arizona like that. Right. And it, it was interesting to see that Matthew Stafford was able to go ahead. And I think that was his first playoff win. But it's like, I think if he can win this game, I think he truly, I think he really starts to define his playoff legacy. If he can pull this one off. Um, right. Again, man, I just, something tells me that I think that they're going to get into a shootout here. And I don't think that that bodes well for the Rams, even though it's like they have all these nice, shiny toys out there at <laughs> the wide receiver and running back i don't think that that's going to be the way the game is going to be won they're going to have to slow the game down a lot like what you've seen this this today i think that's what the rams have to do in order to win against the bucks i just don't think that you're going to be able to win a 34-24
1: game no definitely that's that's how i feel and that's why i feel like the running game you know it's, it's just it's it's a way to control the game. You're gonna have to control the game. I understand you, you may want to you know gun it here and there, but get that running game going. Get something going. And At least try Yeah. At least try, and that's that too. You know, yeah, that keep too. Brady off the, keep field. Him off the field. Yeah. You know? So that's that's it's gonna be a great game though. It's gonna be a great game. Yeah. You know, I just hope it doesn't be a fifty-five to nothing, fifty-five to three game, and it's like, wow, what happened? yeah <laughs> the the over under on this what thing, happened everybody
0: the, the over under on it is 48 so i mean that's what they're saying the over under is is 48 right. points in this one um mm-hmm. so I, I you know i guess if you're a betting man i mean there should be some points on the board so
1: oh yeah oh yeah what it, is, it. it should be you know but i mean we've had these two great defensive games you know and and going back to you know the green bay and uh Green Bay and San Francisco game. I knew that was going to be a muck fest. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of knew it was going to be a muck fest, but I just thought, it, you know, it was to Green Bay's advantage with the cold and everything. But, you know, just you just never know. You know, and this is, and this is the thing with the with the Rams and Tampa Bay. You know, it, it could be in a shootout and be close, or, you know, it could be a few mistakes and Tampa Bay in, ends up blowing the Rams out or vice versa. You know, just you just never know with these with these uh playoff games, you know. You know, certain things happen and you know it could turn the game around. So you know. I, I, or, I, or we can have a great great defensive game like the two games we see today. Yeah, abs-
0: absolutely, <laughs> so, man. I'm hoping that we see something that's more along maybe a 20 to 17 game. That's kind of how I feel right. at this point in time. 2017. Right. I'm not wanting to say that anybody's going to crack 30, but that right. if I were to make a prediction, I'm thinking 2017, and I, I got to go with the Bucks just off the experience. You got the goat over there. Um, that that's kind of my
1: final thoughts on this one. That's that's where I'm at with it. So, yeah, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a great game though. Can't wait.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, it's going to be a great game for sure. Make sure you tune into that. The last game here of the evening is going to be. The Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs here. So far, it is 35 degrees there. I'm pretty sure it's probably going to get a lot colder. They have an over under of 54 points here. So if you've ever played John Madden football, this might be a John Madden football type of game at this point in time. And I'm talking where you can just pretty much just draw it up in the sand and go deep because I think that this is what this game might come down to. I think it's going to go score for score in this one. I don't see it possibly ever been in a defensive struggle in this one you know i think both defenses are leaky even though the bills won big against the patriots um it was a rookie quarterback in that situation they had never been there at this point in time you know this is a totally different era with the bills and the patriots they're the patriots are now rebuilding and up and coming and obviously i think they look dominant there I don't think they're going to look that dominant against the Chiefs. I, that's just me, personally. I, I don't know if they have an answer for Tariq Hill. I don't think they have an answer for Travis Kelsey. And to me, I think if they play Jerick McKinnon at the running back position, I think that that's an upgrade over Clyde's Eric, Edwards O'Leary. So sorry if I butchered his name, but I think that that's a better upgrade for the, for the, uh, for the Chiefs there. So I think that they're going to be even more explosive if they start him. Um, you know, with Jared Allen and his situation, he looked good. I think we know who Jared Allen is. Or yes, you know, I'm saying his wrong, or name wrong there. But um, you know, he has to get some other guys to make plays. It's either got to be Stefan Diggs, um, Devin Singletary. Those guys are going to have to be the X factors for me on offense there. Um, other than him, you know, I think he's got to do his thing, but other people have got to step up here. I like the Chiefs in this one. What are your thoughts?
1: I'm leaning towards the Chiefs, but um, I mean, Josh Allen, he played, he did. He, he played like the Josh Allen midseason last week.
0: Josh That's Allen, I'm him like. Jared Allen. I'm thinking of the uh, yeah, yeah. I am mean, thinking so of the defensive yeah. end for the,
1: uh, <laughs> the Vikings out there, Josh Allen. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. So he
1: uh um he looked like the Josh Allen of midseason last season. You know, yeah. he just had everything going. You know, um I'm still going to take the Kansas City Chiefs in this, even though they're both cold weather weather teams. Yeah. You know, but you know, Kansas City, you know, they're they're at home. You know, and uh, they play great when they're at home. You know, and I do think it's going to be a shootout, but I'm gonna to have to give the the edge to the Kansas City. You know, I just think they just got more weapons mm-hmm. than than the Bills do, than the Bills have. You know, and um, like you said, I mean, like I, I agree with you, with both both defenses being kind of shaky. You know, you kind of score. You know, both defenses not gonna just don't just don't seem like it can stop anybody, especially mm-hmm. when both teams are potent. You know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at, at uh I'm give I'm gonna I'm gonna the edge Kansas City right now.
0: Yeah, because I mean last week they played Pittsburgh, but like Pittsburgh's offense is like I think we could probably go ahead and we've not even been in the NFL, we probably could figure out what Pittsburgh was gonna run at you. You know what I mean? They're, they're yeah, just yeah. that limited. You know what I'm saying? Like and no disrespect, but I mean that's just what it came down to offensively. You yeah. know, they just they didn't have it, okay? And they looked amazing because if you're not scoring with the chiefs guess what then that's an issue i mean if they're scoring every possession and they're getting six every possession and you don't get three for like a couple quarters then the the game is going to look just terrible it's going to look like they played some terrific defense but i don't think that that's going to happen here with the bills i feel like they can match them pretty much point for point but I think that you're going to see the experience for the Kansas City Chiefs kind of kick in here. I expect this game to be like a 35-30 if I were to put a prediction on it. And I like Kansas City in that one as well. Uh, 35-30 to at home to win this okay. thing and get to the uh, championship game in the AFC.
1: Um, I agree with you. I think Kansas City's going to win. I mean, I can't really predict the score. <laughs> because. Yeah. Like I said, you know, with these games, uh, it, a few plays could really turn the game into something more than what it was, what mm-hmm. it's going to be. You know, so. Uh, but I, I have to take Kansas City because I think Kansas City, they, you know, they've they've gotten on their run. They've kind of gotten back. You know, it was they, they were struggling earlier in the season, and uh, you know, it, offensively, they're just the juggernaut that they were. That mm-hmm. they that they've been you know mm-hmm. I can say that at least for offensively defensively I can't really speak anything because I haven't really seen anything spectacular on defense from Kansas City but you know if, if you want to match up weapon for weapon on offense you got to go with Kansas City as far as uh, they they have they have more weapons so right. you know, I expect them to be more successful successful more times on offense than uh, the Bills.
0: I like that and that that's uh, definitely some great insights here and so before we go ahead and drop into the NBA, let's finish here with the Las Vegas Raiders here, your beloved Las Vegas Raiders here. So yeah, I know we didn't get a chance to talk about it here, but they lost a tough one against the Cincinnati uh, Bengals here. And so if it's any consolation, the Cincinnati Bengals, they're going to finish the top two in the AFC here. I mean, they've already went ahead and punched their ticket into the championship game here. Um, let us jump right into kind of what the buzz is going on here right now with the raiders and let me see if you agree with this thing um i know you've been following them for quite some time here but there is a buzz here that jim harbaugh possibly leaves michigan to coach the raiders or dan quinn possibly comes over here and gets this job Um, you had jim clodwell i think that turned down the interview today you know they've already fired matt maylock here the general manager i believe so what are your thoughts here with the las vegas raiders here do, do any of those coaches make sense to you um you know is is byron Leffridge your guy what are you thinking there what do the raiders have to do here
1: to to kind of write this show Hmm. uh forest jim harbaugh i don't know about that one know i mean i i I see i think he's content i think he's uh really building something with michigan i mean you know they almost made it to the national championship game they were right there Mm -hmm. you know he's been building you know and uh i don't see him leaving that unless the raiders are gonna do some al davis type of thing and offer him way more money than they should offer him
0: he's been to a super Bowl
1: bowl you know and he did you know he he uh he brought san francisco back up to prominence you know, so uh, woo. That's uh, that that one's Jim Harbaugh. I don't know. Okay. I don't know about that one. You know, and What you mentioned in that, that's I didn't really hear about that one. I didn't really hear about him as a candidate. Yeah. You know, but I did hear hear about Leftwich. You know mm-hmm. that uh, that they did they re- they reached out to him, and I heard that they reached out to uh, I, I believe it's the uh, defensive coordinator for New England that mm-hmm. they reached out to. Yeah. Also, and um, actually, it's two people within that organization because I think they want one as a head coach and they want one to uh, be the new general manager, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. But I'm forgetting the names. Yeah, it's not coming to me. But uh, so yeah, that's uh, ooh, that's uh, wow. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's and the thing with with Jim Harbaugh is. It's not the fact that I wouldn't want to see him as head coach. It's fact that I don't, I don't see him leaving Michigan. I, I don't see him leaving that situation right now. You know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but any anything can happen. Anything can happen. You know, it's it, you never say never. You know, they give they give him the right numbers and the right power. You know, enough power is like okay, yeah, sure. You know, next thing you know, okay, Jamar Harbaugh. So, yeah, it's uh, I really don't know about the culture situation uh mm-hmm. with the with you know with the Raiders right now. I really don't I really can't I, I really don't know what, what uh direction they're gonna go in because Sasha he did well, you know. Mm-hmm. And the players the players love him.
0: Yeah, they responded you know? well.
1: They absolutely responded they, you know, well. Yeah and they and they say that um, you know he's a he's a better presence in the locker room as far as understanding players as far as you know letting players be themselves and not being so hard. You know, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Um, and the players are clamoring for him to be the head coach, but I'm pretty sure the Raiders want somebody, you know, somebody high profile and he'll probably go back to his special teams uh, position.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, yeah, the the, the the Raiders situation is, uh, wow, Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very surprised at that because I hadn't heard that as much as I – you know try to keep my ear you know to yeah. the team that's wow
2: yeah it'll yeah. be
1: great it, it'll it, it would be great if they could get jim harbaugh but i don't see him leaving michigan right now
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah i mean it's 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 the latest buzz here that's out there
0: you know you can definitely check that out um i think espn here has actually kind of put that out there but it's a possibility that yeah jim harbaugh i had heard that he's possibly he's he's interested right he's interested because he sees wow. his brother out here he's he's doing well with the the Ravens obviously and you know hey things were kind of sour towards the end of his tenure with the 49ers I thought that was a very bizarre breakup right um Mm -hmm. and then you know he's he did kind of bring Michigan back to prominence and you know how it is I mean you're always wanting to grow right and so with growth comes challenges and maybe maybe he's wanting that that type of pressure maybe he feels that you know he wants to to challenge himself in that way i mean listen i think that they have a terrific stadium out there um i haven't got a chance to see it in person yet the pro bowl will be there i think so um look i think that they have a terrific stadium i think that they have a very good roster i think the raiders did a hell of a job considering just all the 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 crazy just turmoil stuff that happened this year for them to finish 10 and seven second in the AFC West and actually get to the playoffs and be within a play to win a game like I think you got to take your hats off to it and I think it's going to take a special individual to go ahead and take over for this thing um, and really guide them into the next um, what do you call it, level or whatever you want to call it here? Where the Raiders yeah. really—they've got to—they got to step up now. You know, I think yeah. making it is one thing, but now it's like we got to win one, right? Like they mm-hmm. haven't won anything since um, since Gruden was there, and then also to uh, when Rich Gannon was the quarterback as well, and uh, I think Coach Canahan or yeah, I think Callahan, excuse me, Coach Callahan was there as well, so. Yeah, I mean I mean that's kind of where it's at. I mean, do you feel like do you feel like the 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 um the Mike Mayock, was that really a mistake or was that justified? Like should they have gotten rid of um the GM here? Do you think that they should have stayed with him? I mean, he was 25 and and 24 if I'm
1: not mistaken as the GM. Um I, I would I would like to say I was very su- I was surprised that they got yeah. rid of him so quick. Yeah. Um that they got rid of him, I'm not I'm not surprised because with all the things that happened, you know, with with uh, Gruden, you know, because they brought them in both together. Yeah. You know, um and then you look at the draft picks that the Raiders have made. I mean Yeah. You know, Clinton Farrell, you know, it's like, okay, what happened to that? You know, uh, Arnett, you know, these guys you know, and then you know the rugs thing. Oh, um, Hobbs with the with the DUI stuff. And oh yeah, he oh. just had another DUI yesterday, yep. I believe. Yeah, yeah, no, so, that
0: that is reported. Yeah,
1: obviously. Um You look at you look at these draft picks that they made, and it's like, and then you look at the trades that they made. I mean, you know, you you, you get rid of uh, Khalil Mack. Khalil, Khalil, you get rid of Khalil Mack. You know, Amari you, Cooper. You, you, you get you get rid of Amari Cooper. It's like, Yep. Okay, what well, you you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we we made the playoffs, you know, after with all the stuff that was going on, still found a way to make the playoffs. So that that shows this team does have some character on it. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, I mean, the only saving grace I can say is the second round picks, you know, that that came out of it, you know, you know, Renfro, you know, uh Cosby, you know, guys like that. Okay, mm-hmm. those are pretty good, but it's just like overall uh, general manager uh, didn't, didn't didn't do too well in the in the few seasons that he was okay. you know that he's with us. So And then he I could I could I could say I'm good with it. I mean they they want to move in a new direction, they wanna they wanna, you know, and, and on the surface when 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 the Raiders first did this and they got May out because I mean he's a he's a draft guru. I mean he you know he was always what was he, the NFL network. Yeah, he, yeah, he knew good he good. knew
2: yeah. he was
1: he's very knowledgeable of draft picks and, and players and stuff like that. Had all this yep. data and stuff. And I understand where the Raiders are looking at. And you look at John Gruden's also, you yeah. know, always talking to quarterbacks, always, you know, he was these guys. It was like, OK, this is a no brainer. These guys are, you know, they're gurus. Yeah, you know,
2: they're
1: going to pick the right people. They're going to know they're going to find gems, this and that. And it just didn't work out that way. Mm-hmm. So, um, I I was surprised that it, that it was such a quick, you know, letting him go so quick, but I'm not surprised that they let him go.
0: Yeah. It was within a week too. Like kind of within the week after they lost that game that he was gone. And so, you know, I thought he would maybe be the last one to go, but again, you know, I I get it, you know, maybe, maybe again, um, trying to just basically set up management here. Maybe they're looking to put some new disciplines in place. Um, don't really know what that is you really what that will look like but you know I'll kind of leave you with this this final question here with the Raiders and their situation and we'll talk about them some more in the show because obviously we have the NFL draft and stuff like that coming up so we'll get a chance to look at the draft board and see what they're thinking but as far as Derek Carr okay and Josh Jacobs they were brought in as centerpieces here um do you think that the, the clock is kind of ticking on both of them? I mean, because Josh Jacobs, to me, I think he played his best football against the Bengals here, which I think it was one of his biggest games. But to me, he's, he's been injury prone. He's been injury prone. And then with, with Derek Carr, it's like he's, he's always he's been on the cusp of taking that elite step, but hasn't really stepped in there. And, and taking the reins like that. And it's kind of like, do you think that these two guys are guys that will be there long-term for the franchise? Or are they maybe looking at maybe about another season with these guys together?
1: I think at least another season, uh-huh. you know? And you know, with running backs, running backs come a a dozen, especially when you're not elite. You yeah. Know, it's, you can find running backs all throughout the draft, right? Yep. And and Josh Jacobs, I, I give it to him. He looked like the Josh Jacobs of you know, of last year before he got hurt. You know, yeah. he, he looked he looked like the Josh Jacobs that we thought was going to you know be our quarter. I mean, our, our running back of the future. Yeah. And and another another point of that is, I think the Raiders went away from him, you know, a little bit in that uh in that game too. I think they kind of just you know, even though he was running well, yeah, you know, I think they I think they went away from him. You know, so I, I think Josh Jacobs still has, you know, still has a couple of more years left. I don't know. I, I think that uh, Derek Carr's uh, clock is, is closer. You know, his, his time is closer to being over than Josh Jacobs is. You know? um, Yeah, I mean, you I, know, he'll, he'll, I, I see him in, with at least another season or two before the Raiders decide, okay, okay. Um, you know, we got to go in another direction because, you know, it's eight years, you know, his first playoff game, you know, and it's like, when is he going to pop? You know, this is the guy, you know, this, this is the gym that this is the gym that we found late in the draft, you know, and this, this is, the, you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been up and down, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm I, I like the way that he, uh, that he carried himself in the last game. I thought he, I thought he did pretty well. Um, I thought he handled the pressure, you know, Um, he seemed poised, just, you know, just a couple of mistakes, you know, down the line or whatever, you know, and then, you know, the offensive line, I think really needs to improve, you know, and uh, I think he takes too many sacks. I think a lot of times he can throw the ball away. I think he tries to stay in the pocket too long. I don't think he should be that type of quarterback, I understand, you know, because I think he can run a little bit. You know, I think so too. I think so. I and, think he's a little bit and, more mobile than he. I, I think he. I think he just doesn't like to. I think he tries to be this. Uh, he wants to be this pocket quarterback. When I feel like he should scramble more, you yeah. know. Um, so yeah, he's he's got another season at least at least left
0: before they start. Uh, to
1: unless well, un, unless unless Houston comes calling and saying, "Look, you know, Watson, he's up. You know, he's not going to play for us no more. What do you got?" Other than that. Yeah, I still see Garrett Carr, uh, Raider starting quarterback, starting next season. Well, I mean, like I said, he's and uh, and and not to get y'all, but uh, uh, Josh Jacobs, I, you know, he'll he'll still he'll still be there.
0: Okay. Well, I, I mean, I think you bring up some great points. You know, finally, just to kind of add in there towards the end of this one, I just think that. You know, Watson, I think, is a viable option. I think that Sean Watson is, is definitely out there for the taking. Um, I think it's clear that he's probably not coming back to the Texans. And then we just talked about it with Aaron Rodgers. I, I mean, I think that it's a real possibility that, look, these guys played on the West Coast. I, I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe it's a package deal with him and Devontae Adams. I'm just, maybe it's possible. I'm just kind of throwing it out there. Maybe it is. And I'm saying if you're the Raiders out there, um, would you take that shot? Do you take the chance to go out there and grab a guy that maybe he's got like two years in him? But again, you might be putting yourself in the Super Bowl in those two years. You know, and that's that's kind of where I was at with that. So
1: throwing it out there. Yeah, with- I mean, you don't turn down an Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And if you could imagine him getting the ball to Waller. you know and Renfro Renfro, getting it to the because he's going to get the ball to them guys oh he'll find he'll throw it he'll throw it right accurate you know you're going to get you're going to you're going to get the ball to them so yeah I mean you you know it'll be a no-brainer not to not to even look at it you know yeah of course I mean it you know you'd be crazy not to not to look into that you know absolutely but is that is that going to be a Something possible? I don't know. You know, I, I don't know why. I just feel like he's still going to be a Packer next season. Right, right. At At this moment, right now. Right.
0: We'll definitely see that for sure. And I mean, again, yeah. we'll be talking some more about the Raiders here with the NFL draft coming up here and everything else. But let's shift focus and let's go into the NBA here. And let's start here with your Los Angeles Lakers here. Man, they have been struggling since we last talked here. And there is now talk that. Russell Westbrook may be on the move. I have read something along the lines that it is possible that Houston would welcome him back in a John Wall trade. And so let us start there with that. First off, what are your thoughts here with, with Russell Westbrook because I think he's been the ultimate pro with the way he's played lately. Um, You know, there's obviously the, the headlines here where he did get benched and everything else like that, but I mean, the Lakers' issues, it's more than just Russell Westbrook. Let's let's be honest with this. It's more than just one player here, all right? And I think even though they get Anthony Davis back, who had a questionable tag here, I'll take a look and see if he actually played, but... You know, what are your thoughts initially here? Do the Lakers make that trade here? I also was was informed here, looking through, saw that they actually had a deal for THT that got turned down as well, where they were trying to make a deal possibly for Jaron Grant um, out of Detroit here as well. So it looks like the Lakers are active trying to make something happen. What are your thoughts here?
2: Uh,
1: first of all, on, on the Russell Westbrook thing, like I yeah. said initially, when when the Lakers got him, I said he could be great or it could be all bad. Right. And yeah. and the thing with him is Russell Westbrook is just acting like Russell Westbrook. I mean, he's a, um, I mean, he's a he's a team player, but he's he's also an individual player. If that makes any sense, he's kind of a, uh, I don't know. He's he's kind of just. He's, he's, he's one of those hot and cold players, you know? Yeah. And um, I, I think I, I, I could tell a lot of times when the Lakers get momentum, he starts mm-hmm. feeling good and he feels like, oh, I got to get mine. So he'll throw up these weird bank shots, these weird, you know, these weird three-pointers, and it's just like, you need that right now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's, it's as if it's as if he doesn't want to be a traditional point guard in this offense when I feel like he he can be, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I'm I'm just I'm I'm really disturbed by the missed layups because he was never that type of player to to miss open shots like that easy yeah. shots. He's missing a lot of chippers these days, and yeah. and for some reason I think a lot of this stuff is getting in his head. Even though he says, "Oh, I'm all right," you know, da da da. But I, I think it really bothers me, you know. Um, as far as a trade, I don't I don't I wouldn't do it for the simple fact that you're going to get the same player back just mm-hmm. probably faster but you know John Wall can't really shoot yeah you know uh you know he's not all that great of a passer I think I think Russell Westbrook's a better passer than he is right um it's the same overpayment same amount of money I mean he I think he makes 42 million and Russell Westbrook makes 44 million for this season so I really don't see i really don't even see why right i mean why the lakers would make that type of trade so you know, i mean i would just stick i would just stick with what i got you know
0: they're six and four out of their last ten here they're obviously trying to shake it up so you're wanting to go ahead and you're saying you just stay with what you have and and i also want to throw out the fact that look they're wanting to fire frank vogel which they probably are going to fire frank vogel but make it clear i don't think it's his fault at all either you know because it's the same frank vogel that helped you win the title in the bubble against the heat the only difference is the roster has taken a hit since that you know that year that they won so Mm -hmm. i don't think it's his fault but i do think he is going to probably ultimately get fired here and to me it just seems like i don't know too many deals here where the lakers can make a play here because I think that they've even inquired about Miles Turner here and they haven't even been able to get the needle going, you know, and that, and that's, that's even interesting because I think Indiana, to me, I think they're in a fire sale situation. They want to get rid of everybody. So, um, I I think it's interesting, you know, you're saying that, do you, do you even see the Lakers shaking it up here, um, by the trade deadline? I know we talked about possibly just dropping everybody kind of like what LeBron experienced when he was with Cleveland that year and they made the finals. Do you see this happening with the Lakers or do you just see that there's just not enough interest in what the Lakers have?
1: I think what you just said, not any interest. It's like, I think, I think teams would deal with them, but I think they want to fleece the Lakers. Mostly because they know the Lakers want to, they know the Lakers want to get rid of certain players. Like you got Bazemore, Bazemore is doing nothing. Yeah. Um, you got DeAndre Jordan. Sometimes I forget that he's on the team. Forgot that he's out there. You got Ellington, but what are you going to get for these guys? A, a yeah. bag of chips, a bag of chips, and a, a a fat burger with extra cheese. I mean, what are you? Yeah. Are they, you know, what are you going to get in exchange? They're going to be like, okay. What What do you expect from this? You know, from this. So, right. I mean, Russell Westbrook makes too much, so it's really hard to move him very hard to move Russell Westbrook right now you know and how you're gonna match and then teams are not gonna teams know you're desperate so they're not trying to give up too much and you know in return that's the way I look at it so that's mm-hmm. why I think during the trade deadline you know they may make a small move but I don't think it's going to be anything where Russell Westbrook's is ball you
0: know do you think it's going to be anything significant because right now The Lakers are sitting seventh in the West. They're at twenty-three and twenty-three here, and if it started today, unfortunately, they would have to play Golden State. And we'll talk about them here in a moment. But do you even see them at this rate? Are they making the playoffs? I mean, they're followed by the Clippers and then the the Timberwolves here and the Trailblazers, who I pretty much think that you know random people might be playing for the Trailblazers at this point. So many people have been hurt and out of the lineup. do you even see the Lakers making is this the year that they don't even make the
1: playoffs um, I think they'll make the playoffs you know um, my my thing is the key is Anthony Davis yeah you know? he seemed uncomfortable all season even before he got hurt he just seemed like he took a step back Yeah, you know and I, I think once he comes back and it's that there's still time for him to maybe get back in the groove because he may play tomorrow. He's questionable. Yeah, it so, was a good okay. Yeah, he's been, he's been, he's been playing. Um, you know, he's been well, it's 12 o'clock already. Uh, so it's uh to, today. <laughs> yeah. But uh um, I mean he's uh he's been playing without a brace, you know, they've been showing him practicing. Anthony Davis has got to get that killer instinct back, you know, he just ain't passive you know, this season, you know, and people forget, you know, it's like they're they're blaming all this stuff on Russell Westbrook and he takes some of the blame too, but he's not all the blame and the coach, the the coach of course, is not all the blame because it's, you know, he's a defensive minded coach you know, and um, yeah, yeah, Vogel and I think one of the big keys with the Lakers team too is uh, you lost to Jason Kidd, a lot of players listen to Jason Kidd, you know when he was, you know, on the bench, I think he was a soother, I think he was a uh, you know, I think he was a problem solver You know, I think he. I think he was a big part of that team. You know, you know, so I I think it's just it's a few things, and then of course, all the COVID stuff and all the injuries, you just haven't been able to put a consistent lineup out there. You know, I'm no, you know, one one day LeBron's playing center, you know, then you got Stanley Johnson starting, then it's interchangeable, all this interchanging, you're just not getting a, a flow. You know? mm-hmm. so when Anthony Davis comes back, he doesn't want to play center, but Frank Vogel's like, we're gonna play him at center. He has you know? to though. Yeah. So he has and to. and and the thing is, I I feel like he could be dominant at center, but he just doesn't want to bang in the middle. You know, he wants to play on the outside, he wants to, you know, he wants to do that stretch four type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And and you, you know, your 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 three point shooting is horrendous this season. You just stop shooting all those threes. You know, use your size and your quickness. You know, do what you was doing the championship year. So, Mm -hmm. but I still think with all that said, I still think they'll make the playoffs. You know, they'll they'll totter where they're at now between six and seven. You know, because uh, I don't see anybody like Memphis. I don't see any of those teams slowing down. Those teams, Memphis is up and coming, Mm -hmm. you know, and and Golden State's going to be Golden State. Utah, uh, of course Phoenix, you know, they're the top of the you know top of the bunch right now and then yep. the flippers they'll get they'll start getting some of their players back yeah so yeah so I, I i say the lakers will still teeter in between that six and seventh spot okay. by the by the way it's looking right now
0: yeah and and i mean it's interesting you bring up the standings at, at this point phoenix is up at the top you have golden state at second you have uh memphis at third you have utah fourth you have dallas at the fifth spot and then you have The uh, Nuggets here at 6, Lakers at 7, and the Clippers at 8. And you brought up an interesting piece here with the Golden State Warriors here at 2. I want to point out that Golden State has already lost more now after Christmas um, than they did before. So they've, you know, they're 4 of 6 here in their last 10. And I think a lot of us felt like that they were just going to take off here once they got Klay Thompson back. But They've been without Draymond Green here. Klay Thompson is still trying to find his groove here. Is this a dangerous time for Golden State at this point in time? Do you now do we look at this and say I don't know about them possibly
1: winning at all at this point? Uh, no, I think they. I think they're they're trying to reintegrate Klay uh, Thompson back, and he's not he's not quite right yet. I can tell. You mm-hmm. know, he's moving around. He's but he's not the clay. He's not. He's not quite there yet, and you wouldn't expect him to be quite there yet. It's going to take a couple of months mm-hmm. with him. But I think. I think around playoff time, you know, the, the experience is going to kick in. You know, and uh, they're still going to be Golden State Warriors. They're going to be dangerous. So, mm-hmm. and and I did. I noticed that they have. They you know they've lost some games they should have won. Mm-hmm. You know. So so they they've hit a little snag here, but uh, I, I think they'll be fine. I think I think Golden State will still. They'll they'll still be elite. They'll still stay in that one two spot. And they're still without some of their
0: pieces here. They're still without mm-hmm. Wiseman. Um, I mm-hmm. think Kaminga has been a, really a good steal for them as well. Um, definitely. I, I definitely think to me um, he has a lot of the Draymond Green tendencies, and it's just more or less consistency with him, you know. And I think he can score in a variety of different ways. So I think that they really got to steal with that. And we still haven't really seen a whole bunch from Moses Moody. Every time I see Gary Payton, the second play, I I just think like, man, this guy's good, right? Like, or Gary Payton's son, I should say. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of bright spots here on this roster. And I think you're right. I think maybe they just hit a snag. I I will agree with you there. Like, I'm not willing to just kind of jump off the boat here. Um, and say that you know a, all is not well in Golden State but I think it's kind of one of those things where the NBA season is a, a marathon it's never a sprint right and so <clears throat> hopefully you would hope that Golden State is able to pace themselves here and um, you know eventually just start to play well enough when it counts there towards the playoffs
1: oh yeah definitely and that's where the experience comes in with them because mm-hmm. it's like once they're in it's they're gonna be, you know, they'll they'll be the Golden State Warriors, mm-hmm. you know, because and and the thing is, you have you have the young guys like Poole, you know, and just like you mentioned, uh, Gary Payton, a second, you got these role players and Wiggins, Wiggins, yep. that's uh, I give it to Golden State. Wiggins has found his place. That's he's he's you know, like he doesn't have to be a star, He doesn't have to do a lot, but yep. he does. And be, and defensively, he's just what they needed. Like I said, he's like a, he's like a, he reminds me of uh, when they had Barnes uh, a few years ago. Yeah. He's kind of taking that spot, but with better defense, you know, Mm -hmm. and he can shoot, you know, he can, he can still do the things that he do, but he doesn't have to be the star. And that's big, that's big for them. And then, you know, even, you know, and once, even if Clay gets 80% of what he was, it's going to be very hard to beat Golden State, Mm -hmm. you know, very, very hard to beat them.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've got Jordan Poole and then you mentioned there um, with Wiggins, you know, a lot of people were kind of like, you know, the the D'Angelo Russell for Wiggins deal. Is this really going to work out? Like, what is this? And, you know, when you look at that trade, not only did they get Wiggins, but they got the pick that turned into Kaminga. So really Golden State was playing chess versus checkers there. And so Mm It has worked out for them. It really has worked out. And I've always liked Wiggins. I think he's always got the short end of the stick. You know, when LeBron first came back to Cleveland, he didn't want him. He wanted Kevin Love instead. And so they immediately traded him over to the Timberwolves. Um, Then he got that. That whole thing of like, was, does he play hard enough thing when Jimmy Butler was there? And so I, I think he got kind of thrown under the bus there. And it was like, he needed that fresh start and he he needed to just not have to be a franchise player, like in the sense it's like, okay, we build around him, but he is an important piece to a franchise, um, but he's not the main builder. And I think that this is a terrific situation here with golden state that plays ultimate team ball because it does really take um everybody you know to kind of make golden state work it's just not just the the same five that kind of makes golden state work and so that's right that's where i think it's interesting there with the wiggins pickups right
1: Right. i just i just think they're deeper they're 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 just deeper than they've been in like the last couple of years yeah they got younger too that was the thing too. They got younger. younger Gotten younger, and these guys are they, they bought in quick,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know. These guys, they, they bought into the system, they, they, they play defense, they play well, they play with joy, they play with fun. They, everybody seems to be on the same page, you know. So, mm-hmm. so I, I think Golden State will be fine. Yeah, they've hit a snag, and I think part of it is uh, is uh, Clay Thompson's return and trying to integrate him back into the offense. I mean, he started, he came back and basically became a starter again. They didn't even try to bring him back slow off the bench, you know, and uh, he didn't play last night. So I guess because it was a, uh, it was a uh, back-to-back. Yeah. He's not playing you know? back-to-backs. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think part of the, part of the little, part of the little, you know, last 10 games, the four and six is part due and Draymond Green being hurt too mm-hmm. or uh, whatever's going on with him. But uh, yeah, yeah, but I, I think they'll be fine though.
0: Mm-hmm. and you know what I, I wanted to jump into this this last couple teams before we jump out of the west here and that is the Utah Jazz and the uh, Portland Trailblazers here and so with Utah I know we didn't get a chance to talk about them last time but they've actually slipped down to the fourth best record here at this point in time Donovan Mitchell has missed some time through to some uh, I think a concussion protocol yes and so essentially they have the same roster here um at what point do you think that Utah maybe looks to make some changes here? I mean, is this a year in which if Utah doesn't make some noise and go possibly to the, the Western Conference Finals or makes it to the Finals, do you start to look to make some changes here with this roster?
1: Um, you know, the thing, I, I, think, I think the thing with Utah is I'll, I'll, I'm looking at the problem. Yeah. One one of one of the biggest problems with them is uh I, I would say the bench play. And that's Jordan Clarkson. He's he's falling off from what he was a year ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's taking up a lot of uh ill advised shots. I mean he's a shooter. Yeah. But I felt like last year he was he was he was doing he was doing more smart, you know, more things within the offense. And that's just me, I don't watch Utah. You know, I don't really watch the games like that, but that's just the sample size I took from when they played the Lakers a couple of nights ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking at, at, at how he plays. It's, it seems like he's kind of off right now, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for Utah. But, I mean, the, the thing with Utah is great regular season team, but playoff time for some reason, it just falls off. I don't know. I, I really don't know what it is because I feel like they 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 got they got what they need, you know. I mean, you have a steady point guard, you know. Yeah, you know, and Conley, you know, he's probably not what he was once was, but he's steady, you know.
0: And he's um, always been injured too. I've always said that that cost. I think that cost him last year the injuries, and I think that that's what kind of cost some of those Memphis teams that he was on. He got injured. You know, and that right. was kind of the thing with him is right. like he, man, he'll come down with some tough injuries at some tough times. And I think that that's right. one thing that is just, they just signed him to that extension. And that's just, that's questionable for me. It really is. But,
1: right. Right. So, um, I mean, they're, you know, they're a good defensive team. Um, hmm, that's, that's, maybe, maybe an add on. You know, maybe, maybe an, another defensive stopper, you know, maybe, 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 a uh, maybe another, uh, three and D guy, mm-hmm. especially when, you know, guys like, you know, like Mitchell and Ingles, uh, get cold, yep. you know, maybe, maybe another three and D guy, maybe another setup guy could, you know, could probably put them over the top.
0: Do yeah. they have to find somebody that can maybe individually get his own shot off? Kind of like, you know, because I think you don't have to run a play for Jordan Clarkson, but that's kind of right. the only guy that they have off the bench that's like that. You know, I know they have Rudy Gay, but right. Rudy Gay is that, you know, he's he's further along his at this point. Daniel House is on the, you know, on the roster from the Rockets. Um, they have Eric Pascal, but that's really about it. I mean, Hashan, has, has seen Whiteside, excuse me is more of a big that you have to feed so yeah I mean the bench is
1: is very questionable right well you know I I can I can think of a perfect guy for them right now and I think he's available and that's uh Eric Gordon from Houston Eric Gordon would definitely fit that team because he's he's a guy that can get hot you know volume shooter so that's another shooter and he can get his own shot also you know Mm. and he's a he's a ball handler so that could be an option you know, if you add somebody like the Eric Gordon to that squad right now, that could possibly get them to the Western Conference Finals at least. Mm-hmm. I believe.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
0: I, I mean, I, I like that as well. You know, I think if they can possibly go ahead and get him out there, I think that that's that's huge. I think it would be huge. Right. With, like, what would it take to get him there? You know, and it's like, right? What would what, what, what would you have to get rid of? And I guess um, about, go ahead.
1: Uh, they're going to want they're going to want at least somebody like a one of the guys like Ingles. they're going to you know Houston's going to want something right I mean your- even even though I feel like Houston's trying to go young you know they're just starting over um cuz I don't know if it's just a few graphics is going to do it
0: well do you get rid of Gobert that that's that'd be my, my last question here with Utah is Gobert the guy that you get rid of Because, look, Gobert won the defensive player of the year last year. But Draymond Green kind of pointed something out here. They had to take Gobert off the floor. You don't have to take Draymond off the floor, okay? Right. at this point in time, and it's not to knock, you know, Rudy Gobert, who's a terrific player. I would play with him. He could play on my basketball team any day of the week. But at this point in time, the way the game is played, do you have to now go out and find a guy like maybe a christian woods or something like that who i heard is as well as available like do you go out and get somebody like that over there that can play as a big and also be a stretch five um what are your thoughts there because my whole thing is does utah really seriously need to shake this up in order to make something happen
1: um i would i wouldn't shake it up yet I wouldn't shake it up yet because, I mean, they had a lot of success last season, you know, and they were up on the Clippers 2 nothing. Yeah, should have won the series. Um, and, and I know um, uh, Donovan Mitchell got hurt. Yeah. You know, he got he got hurt and he wasn't the same and, you know, they lost four in a row. Yeah. So, they they were actually on their way before the injuries. And you're right, they do. They, they need they need someone that can um, create their own shot. They, they need another player like that. And Clarkson is you know when he's when he's when he's right but right now he's not right um and as far as Rudy Gobert I mean that's your defensive anchor because I mean he wasn't brung in you know he's never really known as a guy that's offensively going to give you 20 points Mm -hmm. he's your he's still a great defensive player he's still a he's still um disrupted on the defensive end you know you know he's going to block shots he's going to you know he's going to rebound so I, I would keep, it. I would still keep over. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as fast as to break breaking anything up yet. You know, I still give it, still give it a couple of years. Even if you a CJ because-
0: McCullough was available or like a Dame Lillard, because, you know, that was my next, you know, Portland is pretty much, it's a fire sale there. I mean, I think that they're going to obviously have to move on from somebody, but you know, I, I mean, that's a team that's out there. That's viable. You know, there's some pieces there. There's some rumblings that, you know, some, some of those players might be available.
1: Well, if you go out, if you go get Damian Lillard from Portland, Portland's going to want a lot from you. Yeah. You're going to basically, it's like going to be starting over. Now you're going to have two guys that need the ball. You're going to have Lillard and Mitchell. Yeah. On the same team, which which, which may be a good thing, but then where are you going to have left? And I'm pretty sure if Lillard comes there, Goldberg's probably gone you know Um, they're probably going to want Clarkson they're going to want they're going to want value back right you know because you're not going to get no value in the draft because Utah's going to be good every season you know they're going to you know so um, yeah you know it's like they're going to want a lot back just for just for Dame Lillard right so I don't see that happening right Right. Yeah, you
0: know, just kind of loosely throwing it out there, but it's it's to me, I think Portland. Uh, if that would that would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be. It, it's possible. It would be. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's out here in the trade buzz. Just kind of throwing it out there, but you know, I'm kind of along the lines of what maybe Charles Barkley would say. Man, I mean, at some point, you just got to say, how long are we going to continue to do this thing and it's not working? And right. I think that's a situation that's not working. At least to me personally. Um, let's just focus over here to the Eastern Conference here. So starting with the Brooklyn Nets here, the story has got to be Kyrie Irving here and his situation as a part-time player. Kevin Durant has gone down to a knee sprain at this point in time. You're down to James Harden. You just let go of Paul Millsap. Um, at this point in time, you have Kyrie Irving on a part-time deal here. I know the Nets are number one, right now. Do you trust the Nets still to come out of the East with this situation with Kyrie Irving being a part-time player and so much pressure being put on the big three? And to me, they still haven't addressed the fact that they're still a thin team. They're still a thin team on the bench. They still don't really have too much to go around them as well. Um, You know, Joe Harris is out. Um, So what are your thoughts here with the Nets? Are they, is this, you know, just a year in limbo here? Um, I've even heard that James Harden may not even be back next season.
1: Right. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird right now. And, you know, Kyrie Irving, he's not going to step off his stance. He's not going to go off his stance. And, and that's his choice. Um, I, I don't know how long, how much longer they can go with this part-time thing. I mean, that's just, that's crazy.
2: I mean, yeah. it's, it's
1: how do you build any chemistry? How do you build any, you know, any continuity? It's just like, mm-hmm. especially playoff time, you know, you play in a team that has home court advantage mm-hmm. and you don't have one of your best players, right? you know, to try to split, to, to try to steal, you know. Are you, are you upset
0: with him? Would, would you, I mean, cause that's the thing that like, it, it's really like kind of interesting. Like I've never seen so many people just be upset about a guy making a personal decision about his body. And it's like, I, from what I understand, everybody feels like he's selfish. And I'm like, well, he has that choice in his
1: right, but that's his, you know, we're that's not his here, choice. We're right and wrong, but still. Yeah. That's his choice. You know? Uh-huh. And I mean, you know, you can't, you can't fault nobody for their choice. You know? So, um, I mean, I think it's a distraction to the team. Yeah. You know, but, I mean, New York made that, you know, they made that thing where, you know, hey, you have to get vaccinated. Yeah, it's the mandate, yeah. It's that mandate they made. So, you know, it's, it's it's they created it, you know, because they made the mandate. Like, you can't come in this building unless you're vaccinated. Yeah. Unless you take a shot and i understand this thing like are like, you oh you gonna tell me i have to be injected with something to be in this building yeah you know that's like that's like going into the grocery store and he's like before you come in here we got to put something in your arm like why i'm just coming in here to shop i'm just you know yeah or yeah i understand i understand where you're coming from you know and that and that's his choice yeah you well know? but um I mean, I I think I think Brooklyn made it more of a uh, problem by making him a part-time player. Yeah. You know, if you're not going to, you know, that's it's, How long is that? How long is that going to benefit you? Yeah. You know. That's just uh. That that's a crazy situation. That's just that's just really a just, a, you know. It, yeah, it's even become a touch, a, a touch and goal situation. You mean.
0: It, it, it is, man. And it's kind of a crazy topic because I've even heard that it's possible that the team was exploring ways to actually eat the fine so he could play at home. Like, it's, it's, it's a situation where I think that it, it could maybe change the landscape of the NBA to me. And honestly speaking, like, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like is brooklyn good enough as is i'm going to say no you know i think that they're going to be in a situation where they're just going to they're going to run they're running too thin as it is they're running too thin as it is and i just don't know if they are going to be able to find very much in the buyout market i think that that would be their next option because i think financially they're tied up so much that their best situation would be to find somebody into the buyout market to come over there, <laughs> you know, but right. who that is, I'm not sure, you know I mean? That, that to me is like their best way to kind of upgrade the roster is going to the buyout market. Cause there's really nothing out there from a free agent standpoint that I think could change um, Brooklyn's fortune. But, you know, just going up against Miami, Milwaukee, um, you know, those teams are deep. At this point in time and so is the 76ers you know i think that they're going to probably make a deal and get something for ben simmons and i think that it's probably maybe something where they get a little bit deeper so you know i think that those three teams right there are going to be tough for for brooklyn and with the bulls you know i think that they've kind of fallen off with these injuries and things like that and i think they're going to win games But I'm not sure that the Bulls are going to win the games that count the most. I think I just saw a stat where I think they're the third team in NBA history to get back-to-back blowouts when they have led the division. And I think that that led back to like the 77 Bucks, where they had, I think, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on there. So, And then the next team was Shaquille O'Neal and those guys when they were at the top of the conference, but they got beat um twice in back-to-back blowouts by teams that were not as high ranked in the conference so you know i think that that's kind of the landscape of the east here um did you have something else maybe that you wanted to add on that
1: well i think the bulls had a very important loss with caruso is going to be out six to eight weeks with that uh played that uh grayson allen that dirty play i, I believe it's dirty play i was just gonna ask you allen was it a dirty play, play. yeah that was a dirty play. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, he was in college. He did stupid things like that. So tripping was, you know, and, said, and stuff like yeah, it. yeah, and deliberately. <laughs> I mean, doing it on more than a few occasions. So it's like yeah, yeah you know that that that's just bad for basketball. You know, I don't yeah. like that. I, I didn't like that at all. I, you know, I kept looking at the play like yeah, that was that was on purpose. You know, doesn't you know? So that that's a big blow to them and. Just defensively and just that glue. That's the, you know, that's their glue right there, you know. So, we'll we'll see how they cope with that, you know, in these
0: uh, next two months. Yeah, and Zoe's out with the torn meniscus, I think. So, he's he's out with the surgery. And then, yeah, Levine, he had a knee issue, and he's been out as of late. Um, So, they've they've, they've been without him. Um, They're without – I think Devontae Green, he's got a groin situation as well. Um, Yeah, the Bulls just, they have a a host of injuries here. And uh, yeah, it just looks, it looks grim. It looks really, really grim at this point in time. I know they're still winning behind DeRozan. And then I've heard that there's a chance that they may bring Paul Millsap over, who was a guy that they were looking at in free agency before he actually chose to go with the Nets. I'm not sure if that'll be a glue guy and that kind of bridges them together. Um, I think he has a legit chance to start at the power forward position and possibly. Right. Help him. And that's counting that he's like the same type of player he was with the Jazz and the Atlanta Hawks.
1: Right. Which he probably isn't, but they need, you know, give you at least something, right? Yes. You know, at least something. At least some, you know, another another veteran in there to kind of, you know, hold the tie, you know. Tied through because it's probably going to be some struggles, you mm-hmm. know, because you you're missing some big pieces, you know, you miss some very important pieces as, you know, you guys were you know were rolling, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're rolling, you know, when everybody was healthy and you know everything was flowing, and uh, that's what happens. These injuries, you know, injuries change everything. You know? So, um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see. To, it's interesting to see how they're going to how Chicago's going going to stay afloat during this time period mm-hmm. so I mean, you still got your two dynamic guys i mean i know there's some issues with the knee with the, the b but like you said you know you, you still got the rosen mm-hmm. you know and um yeah and i think Booster chick needs to you know step up he's gonna have to step up even more now and there's
0: and, and and from what i understand there is a chance that he possibly could get traded i heard that he's possibly being shopped here Um, You know, because the Bulls have some question marks there. Um, You know, as as far as do they have to go out and get another big that basically is able to be more aggressive and be more of a stretch five for them and a little bit more of a defensive presence. Right. Hmm. Right. You know, and let me ask you this. Right now, too, the Lakers, I know this is just like, just throwing this scenario out there. If the bulls came to the Lakers with some draft picks and they wanted to ship Vujicic over for Anthony
1: Davis, do you think that that's a deal that that happens? No, because I think LeBron uh, would definitely be against that. You're not saying he's a general manager, but, <laughs> but I, I don't, I don't think the Lakers would make that deal because I really think they feel like uh when he's right, when Anthony Davis is right, he's a franchise player when his when his mind is right. And I understand, you know, the, the injuries are very frustrating. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the Lakers would do it. I don't think they would trading Anthony Davis right now. Mm-hmm. Not right now. Not not this season, mm-hmm. at least. Okay. Well, but, but uh hey, anything can happen, man. Like I said, you go to sleep and be like, okay, and you wake up like, what the
0: yeah yeah seriously how it, think, but how,
1: you know it'd be like uh yeah Lakers in Chicago are part of a 17 deal such mm-hmm. and such here. <laughs> like what's the? yeah it, it
0: is possible it's really possible I mean it's really possible I I didn't think that the Cam Reddish deal was going to happen for Atlanta you know but it did happen um and I just think that again like Indiana, to me, is kind of like that wild card because I think there's so many different pieces on those teams or that team particularly that can help you. Like, would I want a Miles Turner? Sure. Would I want a Malcolm Brogdon? Absolutely. Would I want a Jairus LeVert? Yes. You know, would I want a Sabonis? Yes. Like, I think any one of those players might be the player that could, like, change the balance of a team. Like, I really do. You know, right. can you imagine if you get like a Sabonis on Miami, Chicago, Brooklyn, um, oh, man. that's Milwaukee, like that, mm-hmm. that like could change the landscape or even the Lakers, like, give me a Sabonis over there with like a Malcolm Brogdon or somebody like that, like that might change the scale.
1: And I was thinking that when you, when you mentioned Malcolm Brogdon, I thought that's the type of point guard the Lakers. Dude. Right. You he's know, he's not going to take up, he's not going to take up stupid shots. He's going to be steady. You know, he can get his own shot too. You know, he can play within the offense. That's the type of point guard they need. And and see, the thing is,
0: what I would say in that situation is maybe there's a possibility that they give Russell Westbrook a trade there. If they're absolutely wanting to go ahead and just blow up everything, they trade Russ over there, then they buy him out, and it's like, hey, He's out the way. We've got rid of some pieces that, you know, we don't need or whatever the case may be. And now we're set to rebuild it up. Cause that's what it sounds like the Pacers are going to do. And I just feel like they have pieces here that can change your team. I think it can definitely change the standings in either right.
1: crowd. Right. And the Pacers actually been playing well. Mm-hmm. I mean, they beat us and then they, uh, they won the next night. Mm-hmm. Um, with five starters missing, <laughs> with all this, you know, all the starters. And
0: that, and let's add to the fact that I think the Pacers have one of the best rookies in the class. It, it, that kid that came out of Oregon, I think that he's outstanding. And I think to me, when they look back at this draft class, they're going to say, this guy was good. I think it's Chris. I think he, to me, yeah. let me tell you something. If you are playing fantasy basketball out there, you need to go get this guy. And mark my words, I think that this guy is going to be a guy that you're going to talk about for a long time, because he reminds me a lot of kind of what Jarris Levert does, what Spencer DeWittle does, um, and he's a stat like filler. Like he, this guy's on the boards, he can score, he can assist, like he can do pretty much anything out there. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's great. He's good. I mean, he had a had a you know a pretty decent game against against the Lakers, and then he had a. Uh, very good game the next night mm-hmm. so, against uh, yeah, the Warriors, against yeah. Good, yeah. so yeah, he's 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 good, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's pretty good. So, uh, yeah, they got a future with, with Duarte, definitely,
0: yeah, absolutely. Here, so you know, with the, the final thoughts, here, did you have anything that you wanted to add here for the east or the west? Did you have any kind of uh, you know, wild predictions here as we you
1: ready to close out? Um. Ooh, really no wild predictions. I mean, I, I, I feel like the East is going to be what it's going to be. It's, you know, it's going to be uh, you're going to have your top teams, of course, which will be Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to throw Miami in there, definitely. You know, and even with Brooklyn, with all their struggles, for some reason, they just somehow stay afloat. You know, yeah, they'll, it's they'll,
0: shocking that they're number one.
1: It really is. Yeah, like, considering yeah, all the
0: drama that they had.
1: Yeah, they'll they'll still they'll still be there, and of course Philly. So yeah, they the East, they're gonna do what they're gonna do. You know, I still I still feel like Milwaukee's just a team to beat. You know, just because they got they won a championship, they got that experience. You know, and uh, and I know they're off and on also. You know, they'll win three or four, and then they'll go on a little struggle here and there. But
2: you know,
1: they'll 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 still be there. Mm-hmm. As, as uh as far as the east goes but i'm really looking at chicago at how they're going to stay afloat mm-hmm. you know with those with those two injuries mm-hmm. you know let's let's see let's see what happens with that because they they were hey they were number one they were they were chug they were they were going you know they they were moving pretty nice you know looking pretty good
0: Yeah. And I mean, they're still number two in the conference at this point. Right. They're twenty-eight and 16, but it's just it's one of those next two months. Yeah. You you see the hill. You see the hill right here. And they have a chill decline. They're four and six here in their last 10. Um, You know, the games are going to get a lot more tougher. They're going to be a lot more important. The rotation is a lot lesser now because you just talked about Caruso and these guys being out. Um, I think we're really going to find out how great of coach Billy Donovan is. And we're really going to find out how good DeMar DeRozan is as well. Because, I mean, essentially, he's going to have to carry these guys for a while. Because, yes, they say Zach Levine is close. I don't know if he traveled with them. But he is close to coming back. At least the knee injury is not anything serious for him. But he has missed some time. You know, and these guys – they're running thin, they're running thin as it is. And yes, perhaps there is that situation where they go pick up like the Paul Millsap or something like that. I think, you know, in the buyout market, Chicago is certainly going to be very entertaining to somebody, you know, it's like, well, maybe I can come out here and I can can get the ring, you know, maybe you can do what Milwaukee did and sneak out of the East because it seems like the East has been a revolving door since LeBron James left. So Right. I I don't know. You know, it, it looks like maybe there might be somebody else to come out of there. I mean, Milwaukee seems to be the most deepest team, but they haven't been able to stay on the floor. You know, so yeah. I don't know.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, and like I said, still can't count out Philly. Still, yeah. for some reason, I just feel like you cannot count those guys out. You and just, and that's
0: what's funny too is is whenever they 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 interview. Um, was it Daryl Morel? I think is is their their GM. He continues to say that he's not making a deal, and I'm I'm just like scratching my head, and I'm like, dude, you have to make a deal. Like you have a player that's sitting there that's not playing for you with the Ben Simmons situation. Like that is bizarre in itself, and he's just sitting there, okay? And it's like somebody wants him. Okay, and I don't know if he has to get on the court to, to, to up his value, but somebody wants him. And I have to think that somebody is willing to give you some pieces that may allow to Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid um, some more help. I, I, I mean, I just think that that's possible, but he continues to say, they're not exploring anything. Right. You know, and that's, that's interesting to me because you have possibly Jalen Brown and Tatum breaking up in Boston. So, I mean, there's some pieces there. Dennis Schroeder's out there. Um, Jeremy Grant from the Pistons, he's out there. I mean, there's so many different pieces that are out there, and it's just hard to believe that the 76ers are not exploring anything. Yeah.
1: Um, hmm. But I I don't I don't know. I think I think the, the 76ers I, I really think they want to hold on. They, they, they really want Ben Simmons to come back. Really wanna uh I don't know, it's just weird. I mean, is this
0: the same situation as Utah though? I, that's my whole thing with them. Is this the same situation as Utah? They're sitting six right now in the East. I mean, do you have to basically go look. We've had this roster for the last couple of years. We've only gotten so far. I mean, do we shake it up?
2: Hmm. Hmm.
1: Well, you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay. Okay. Because my speakers sound like you. And, and see, I, I think I think with Ben Simmons, I think it's it's a two-way street. It's kind of like, you look at it like, okay, we would love that talent, but it's like, where's his head at? Because it's like, what if he, what if we say something he doesn't like or it's something he doesn't see? Is he going to bail out on us and say, well, I'm not going to play? Right. I don't feel <laughs> like you're doing this correct, or I don't feel, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, you know, oh, well, why did you get mad at me for, you know, coming in five minutes late? Oh, you know <laughs> what? I'm going home. I'm not playing. You know, like temper tantrum stuff. It's just like yeah. character, it's character. to me. I think the character issues bothers these teams, and yeah. I think that's a part of the uh, of why he hasn't been traded yet. Also, you know, you know, because it's like, okay, you're acting like this because a team felt like you didn't perform well in the playoffs. Right. Look how many times LeBron James has been criticized, or Shaq, or Kobe, or all those guys. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't go on a mutiny and say, "Oh, you know, um, I'm not gonna play." Yeah, they've been asked to be traded, but they still play, right? Yeah. So with Ben Simmons, it's like you carrying you you losing all this money, and and you got this you got this attitude because <laughs> they say you didn't play well in the playoffs when you didn't.
2: You right. Know?
1: You had a you had a layup and threw the ball out. You was under the basket. You should have dunked it. Right. In a, in a close game. You did. It's facts and facts. <laughs> so teams looking at that like, well, damn, you know, what if what if we put something in the paper? He's playing for us. And we say, well, we feel like he could have played better. Is he going to bail out on us and say, well, you know what? Y'all can trade me since y'all think it's my, you know? Yeah. Instead of being a professional and just playing through it. I don't
0: even know if there's a team that I necessarily say is a great fit for Ben Simmons, to be honest with you. And and, I mean, not to take anything away from Ben Simmons, but to me, he never really developed a jump shot. Um, And then also, too, you talked about that being aggressive in the moments that you have to be aggressive. I mean, he's 6'10", 6'11". You got to go in there and you got to play with some type of physicality. I mean, if if you don't want to shoot a jumper, that's fine. Maybe learn Uh, how to play on the box. I I don't know, you know, and that's the question that I've always had with him is that to me, I'm looking for the evolution in the game. And I just never really saw that with Ben Simmons, right? I never saw that, you know, and I, I don't know if that's one of those things where Yes, it's his fault. I get it because he's the player and he obviously has access to the gym and trainers and all the stuff like that. But why did the Philadelphia 76ers not put a premium on that all these years, right? Like right. with Martell's folk and all these guys like that, it's like, look, you have to shoot the ball in order to be in the lineup. I mean, why did they Why did they not say this? Why, why was this not expressed earlier? You know, maybe they could have stopped this before he got to this junction. And, you know, I think that the relationship is totally, it's fractured, you know, and I just think that you have yeah. to do something because he's just not playing. It's not, and it's not going to happen.
1: Nope. Nope. And it's, it's, it's hard and I'm pretty sure they want to do something, but I, I think the character issues is scaring some of these teams away. Right. You know, like, yeah, we get Ben Simmons, great defensive player, great passer. Yeah, he can't shoot, you know. Okay, but... You know, what if what if we tell him he needs to shoot more and he didn't shoot well and, you know, in a certain game, is he going to come to us and be like, you know what, you know, you guys are trying to make my name bad, dah, dah, dah. I'm not, I'm not coming to work. I'm not going to play.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to sit up and it's like, here we go again, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's I crazy. You. I mean, it's, it's like you've been with Philadelphia this long and then you just decide once they once, once you guys have a, a playoff like you ain't never felt the playoffs before. Once somebody criticizes you for not making certain plays, you just decide you're mad at the world. It's going to yep. be the same thing when you go to another team. People are going to say things. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, it's, it's true. It's true. I mean,
0: because look, when you're a sports athlete and you're that figure, look, that's part of the deal right the media is going to come after you fans are going to come after you because look at this I mean let's look at the Kyrie urban situation and I'm not sure if you saw this but he got fined for some obscene language to a fan that was heckling him in Cleveland and I I don't know if you saw that but I think what he said was probably justified (laughs) Uh, you know, because right. he did help them get a championship, but you know, it, it, oh, he, yeah. yeah, he, he did, expressed yeah. that they were ungrateful. I can't say what he said, or at least I'm not going to say what he said, but well, he said you're ungrateful, yes,
2: you yeah. yeah, yeah. I, and, and and and
0: the thing is, <laughs> what, he was telling the truth, probably because look, that's the way sports is you're there yeah. one day, they love you, the next day, they don't care about you, and when you yeah. retire right off in the sunset sometimes they don't even remember you you know what I'm saying like so it's like what what, that's part of the deal you know and it's like I get it with Ben Simmons I I can know that it probably would affect you you know it you know psychologically and everything like that when you just you basically are coming to a place and they're like well you know you might be the reason why we're losing you know that's tough Mm -hmm. that's tough Mm -hmm. but I think like a lot of experts have kind of said the same thing and it's like you basically have to go out there and you have to prove just something to yourself. It's not even about, right. him, it's just for yourself, you know, to go out there and respond. And I think you're right on both fronts. Like, I think that, yeah, it is a situation where as a team, you're like, well, do we take a chance? And then we say something wrong and it, and it hurts the guy, you know, and it's, I, I yeah. mean, and on the same token, it's like, well, it, what what's really truth and what's not truth? because we're seeing and hearing so many different reports i'm not even sure if some of this stuff that we're seeing out there is the truth like it's like one day they're finding him the next day they're not finding him it's like well mm. what what do you want to do what's really going on here how do you really feel about this guy um and how does he really feel about you you know it's, it's one of those things where nobody really knows and it's just one of those things where it's super awkward i think super awkward
1: right yeah, yeah, he's just—I don't know. And the thing with Ben Simmons is, has he even worked on his shot these past seasons? Has he even tried to make it? It's like you—it's like you just see the same thing every year with him. It, it looks like I the mean,
0: same thing as a rookie, like when he was a rookie.
1: Thing, same thing. Same thing. I mean, great, great defense, great passer, great size. I mean, he can get inside and do some things. Active hands on the defense. I get it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's great, but at least show some type of work on the, on the jump shot and it's not there and he's so afraid to shoot. And he can't shoot free throws. <sighs> Terrible free throws. Yeah, I mean, he act like he's terrified to get the free throw line. And so you have anything like that. to stay on yeah, the floor. Yeah, so I, I really if I'm looking at it, I think Philly's just having a hard time moving him. Yeah. That's unfortunate, too. And and teams may want to take them, but they may want to fleece (laughs) Philly. Like, you know, like, yeah, give us Ben Simmons, but we'll give you John Johnson and two draft picks. Like, well, who is that? Right. 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 Yeah. Oh, he he plays in the G League, but he's averaging 35 points a game for the Alabama Stampeder. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you got to take some table (laughs) scraps, man. That's tough. That's tough. So... It, it, you know, it could be a, it could be a bunch of things. You know, yeah. But this just, this just doesn't make him look good. You know, he doesn't look good with the, with this tip return from that he's taking. Yeah. You know, if he, if he'd have been professional and just been like, I'm playing, but, you know, and just go about his job and just, you know, he'd look better on the trade, on the trade trading block. Right. You know. Oh, look how, look how great he's playing. And then teams are going to want to give stuff. Teams are going to, they're going to want to give you something that's, you know, value in return. Right. You know, because, well, at least he's playing, even though we know there's rumors that he doesn't want to play, Right. But, you know. And that's kind of what happened with Cam
0: Reddish. I think Cam Reddish said that he didn't want to play there anymore with Atlanta. Right. He wanted to get a, a right. another opportunity. But he went about it in a professional way, like you said. I mean, he was out there when he was available. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he's been injured mainly for the most part of his career, but he had some moments last year in the playoffs and showed that he could play, and he's had some moments during the season, but he, you know, didn't want to play there, and they explored a trade and got it done quietly,
1: you know? Right, and even Anthony Davis, when he was in, uh, you know, with the Pelicans, mm-hmm. he still played, even yeah. though everybody knows, he just, look, you know, just, I'm done once the season's up, but he still played. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Simmons is sitting there pouting, you know. know, Forget y'all. So what I didn't shoot. So what? You know what? Y'all don't like me, then trade me. But I'm not (laughs) gonna play. This is childish. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. So So. (laughs) that was that's 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 perfect. That's perfect. That's perfect. So with that being said, man, I think that's the show for today, man. I I definitely want to thank you for coming on here. We'll definitely have to get back on this thing and and talk a little bit more about these championship games to come up. Oh, Um, definitely. Yeah, so I definitely want to thank you for that. And, And for sure, I think we should talk some UCLA basketball, hopefully. Um, as that starts to heat up here, as we start to head into to March Madness and, and more conference play here. I know they had a big win against Colorado, so uh, definitely love to talk about juicing and all those guys like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, it's definitely been a terrific uh, show here. We'll definitely be back. I want to go ahead and thank Our fans out there have actually taken the time to listen to us here. You can catch us on Spotify and you can also check us out on Apple as well. I want to thank Anchor for being our platform, um, for going ahead and and giving us a platform for the show. And I want to thank our sponsors out there who have actually put sponsorship on the show. And so um, for myself and uh, Pete, the sports guru, this is a show and we will be back here for another show
2: very shortly. All right. Take care. Yeah, That's what you got.